This is the MLW Radio Network. What's going on, ladies and gentlemen? It's your boy, Blackheart, the head honcho off the top roast podcast. If you love independent and professional wrestling and like all the juicy gossip of the wrestling industry, then look no further than here, OTTR Headquarters. You can catch us on Facebook, Twitch, and Facebook groups, and whatever that you get your podcast from with our, with our latest Last Week of Wrestling, After Darts, Under Boss's Hard Taste, and now our new upcoming trivia game show, Wrestling Every, coming soon. So if you like what you've seen, you love professional wrestling, you love independent wrestling, you love everything about wrestling just yourself, give us a tune. You know, you would not regret it. Blackheart out. Everyone knows a lot of things can change in the span of 10 years. But when it comes to professional wrestling podcasting, one thing is still guaranteed. The Shining Wizards is the only place to get all the latest wrestling news, interviews with the greatest guests, and of course, tons of laughs in discussing the world of wrestling. The show is still available on Monday nights at 7 p.m. East on RantDMRadio.com and Rant Entertainment Media on the TuneIn app. And it's still available on all podcasting platforms. To check us out, head over to ShiningWizards.com where it's still wrestling talk and talk about wrestling. Are you tired of prediction shows? Do you want to fantasy book the companies? Does Bigfoot even really exist? If you answered yes to any of those questions, then check out the podcast that isn't a podcast. Every Tuesday and Thursday, the standing streamer stands and delivers as he and Vanessa talk about all that's going on in pro wrestling today. Plus, see in-depth conversations with people in and around the wrestling world as guests share their stories and insights about making it in the business. The Putting You Over Podcast. Putting your weeknights over every Tuesday and Thursday. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening and good night. My name is Thomas and what's your name? Uh, I'm Alan. Alan. Oh, yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. We're brothers. That's right. Yeah, yeah the mother, same mother and father. Your room was... Oh, we shared a room. Shared a room. For we right? shared a room. Thought I knew your face. Yeah, we so go maybe. way back, mate. Yeah. yeah. We should do a podcast then. Uh, we have. We do, we do a podcast. We do a podcast. What's it called? The Brocast. Yeah, that was planned. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well. What do we do? Well, we cover all different things in the world of pop culture. We're talking about comic books, we're talking about professional wrestling, and we're talking about movies. Go back and watch classic retro wrestling events, the likes of WWE, WCW, and if you do like that, you can check us out on Apple iTunes, also on Podbean, Anchor, and on Podknife. Also, check us out on Twitter, at The Broadcast. That's B-R-O. Okay, yeah, 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 yeah. Ending. Yeah, it's all right. Good on you. Yeah. Instagram also at the Broadcast Podcast. Remember, we don't spell it with a C. We spell it with a K. Sorry, mate. Take it easy. Two Heels and a Face Wrestling Podcast believes wrestling is a buffet. There's something there for everyone. These guys cover local Chicago indie scene, and all of their episodes can be found at twoheelsandaface.com. The number two heelsandaface.com Hey everyone, my name is referee Tony S and this is Heat, the wrestling podcast. Like you first and foremost, I'm a wrestling fan and for nearly two decades I've maintained law and order inside the squared circle in New England and throughout the country, working with some of the best and brightest from wrestling's past, present, and future. Now, I bring my authoritative tell-it-like-it-is style to the podcast world. Join me each week as we go through all the major headlines from the global companies, independents, and in-between. 
and most importantly, the women will receive the coverage and headlines they truly deserve as they'll empower the second half of the show. Plus, I'll introduce you to my friends and colleagues within all forms of wrestling and entertainment, answer your questions, anything goes, no holds, well, questions barred, and throw in some fun surprises along the way. Get ready for the spark that fuels the flame. Listen on Spotify, Anchor, or wherever you get your podcasts. <laughs> Welcome to another episode of the Front Row Material Brand. My name is Mike Freeland, and as always, we are brought to you by the MLW Radio Network. You can check out all of our episodes on MLWRadio.com, on Stitcher, on Spotify, on Apple iTunes, FM Player, and all points in between. Once again, we do appreciate you downloading our show. We're having yet another record month of downloads. We do truly appreciate that. Um, yeah, everything is good. So hopefully everybody's having a, a wonderful holiday season. Hopefully you enjoyed our Christmas special. This is our post-Christmas special. So with that being said, let me bring in my co-host, the man from another country, the man from another mother. But you know what? I always call him my brother. He's the one from Canada. He is affectionately referred to as the ass man. But we all else call him just the butt. But how you doing, buddy? I'm doing well, Mike. How are you? I tell you, if I was any better, I'd be 80 pounds lighter and down two cup sizes. Great. That's right. Yeah, my dad. Uh, my dad told me he said, uh, "I forget what what holiday this was." He was like, "Yeah, we thought about getting you a training bra." Um, and I was like, "Really, Dad?" He's like, "Yep, worked for your sister, but thought it might work better for you." I'm like, you know what? Go after yourself, dude. Unbelievable. He, he said that to you Christmas. Two at days Christmas, ago, didn't he? It wasn't years ago. It was this week. It was two days ago. I had to be honest. But um, hopefully everybody had a good Christmas. And, and the, the funny thing about Christmas is it has become so commercialized. And we've, I know we've, we've talked about this off the air, but it has become very commercialized. And I think what it really is supposed to be about is having a good time, seeing people you don't get to see on a regular basis, having some fun, breaking bread, having a meal, mm-hmm. and uh, getting the hell out of Dodge. But... Um, what did Santa bring the butt this holiday season? Uh, got me some new tools, of course. A uh, new pair of slippers. Nice. A uh, couple books. Uh, one we won't discuss the, the title of. I just told you. We'll, we will not. The we'll let that one go. Uh, woodworking books, of course. Mm-hmm. Uh, got a couple of wrestling shirts. Man, I got a new Carhartt long sleeve shirt. Nice. Uh plaid That's a great shirt, brand. Oh, Carhartt's amazing. I have a bunch of their stuff. Um, tickets for the play this weekend. We already spoke about that. And just, yeah, some odds and ends, you know, coffee and, you know, just your, your usual stocking stuff or idea stuff. You know, Santa was good to me. I can't complain. What, um, you said you like coffee. What kind of coffee do you like? Is there a certain brand you like? A certain type of bean? Uh, we get this stuff from Newfoundland. It's a jumping bean. It's the coffee. And uh, I like the Screech flavored. So Screech is a Newfoundland rum. Oh. Yeah, so I get some of that. And Linda likes uh, it's your dark roast. I believe it's called dark waters or deep waters or something like that. Okay. Whole bean. We grind it ourselves. And, yeah. Usually get eight or ten pounds of it at a time. Holy snot. Eight to ten pounds. Of be- so is it is it 
better from a price perspective to get it in 10 or 12 pounds? Well, you just buy a one pound bags, but just as opposed to ordering every other week or something like that, just order a bunch at one shot. True. Now, can you go to a grocery store and get the regular grounds in a you know little container at your grocery store? No, Michael, we don't have coffee. In all Canada. right, all right, all right, enough. No. You just asked me if we had Ikea here. Can't believe you. You Canadians. Hey. You Canadians. God's country. <laughs> I don't blame you, because this is definitely <laughs> hell where we're at. Nah, let's not do that now. We're not going down a political rabbit hole. We'll do but that what after. I, what I will say is when it comes to coffee, um, I was told that lighter... The lighter the bean or the lighter the whatever, it's actually the more high in caffeine. And the darker, the less. Is that accurate? I don't know. We should uh, have I, I don't fancy dark coffees. Linda does. I find them very bitter. Now, I do you put anything in yours? Are you a cream man? That's just kind of awkward. Uh, coffee cream. Yes, I put coffee cream in. What else was it? What, 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 what else were you thinking of? Cream. No. Uh, who knows with you? Could be so, just about anything with you, Mike. So I'll put a coffee cream and one sweetener, one sugar twin. Nice. And the Mrs. Is she a coffee creamer person too? Yeah, two cream and a little tiny bit of sugar. Nice. Yeah, she's nice. more your coffee aficionado. I've been thinking about getting a um a grinder and just buying the beans myself and just doing that whole process, but it's better. Much better. You get a better flavor? Yeah, they're only like 15 bucks or something. Oh, that's not bad. Yeah, they're not expensive. Nice. I think I paid 15 or 20 for mine at Canadian Tire. Canadian Tire? You you got your your tires done? No. No, no, I didn't get my tires done. It's like a hardware general store. You know, you can get sports equipment, uh, tires. They have repair shops. You can get your car fixed whatever nice and you can buy a new coffee grinder at the same time or a bag of cat food it's a little bit of everything there wow it seems like it's the jack of all trades it's a good store i like that. tools so what would, what okay so you said you got some t-shirts you said you got some woodworking stuff some books some coffee yep. nice that sounds what did you get the missus Bought her some books. Nice. Uh, got her some tights, leggings, whatever you want to call it. Nice. Got her a pair of that. I gave her some money for a tattoo she's getting done on her wrist. Very I cool. Got her. Got funny. Ironically, I got her coffee. Same kind of coffee she got me. I bought her a bunch as well. So we have an obnoxious amount of coffee in the house. I bought her new pair of boots. Uh, Blundstones or Lake Blundstones, the Wind River type, uh, which she actually brought back today. You win some, you lose some. Brought back, you mean she had to exchange them? Yeah. Yeah, she's got a different kind. I don't care. And I got a, a purse made for her from a, somebody I know to make. She does handmade purses. I got one made for her. Wow. Yeah. Look at you. You are just... But see, you're in that community of, of people with artistic abilities, so you're probably well-connected. Correct. I like that. Yep, so... 
Well, the thing is, how much stuff do you really need? Like, Amen. Like, honestly. Like, yeah, it's great. Like, she, she needed her boots are kind of beat up. So, you don't mind that. But to just buy another pair of boots for the sake of buying it or just buying, you know, uh, another, like, for me, she got me a plaid shirt. Yeah, but I also just got rid of a couple. I mean, you don't want to get into a, a hoarding to where you got, you know, 50 of this shirt and 50 of that. And I agree. Unless you're talking tools, then you can never have enough. I was just buying more. So when you talk about tools, I know a good buddy of mine who works for, he's a mechanic. And so he has this type of arrangement where he says he has like $200,000 in invested in tools. Mm-hmm. And so he says he pays X amount of dollars. And if something happens at all, this truck comes by and he just takes off what he needs. Okay. And uh, I'm trying to remember the brand name of it. Um, snap on. Snap on. So mm-hmm. I could not believe. And he said that a lot of mechanics and a lot of people who use tools um, for the career, that's not uncommon that they may have hundred to two hundred thousand dollars invested uh, in tools is that is that accurate oh 100 that's like a snap-on toolbox alone like five grand wow. no tools in it just a box that's in, that to me i can't even fathom that yeah i mean i don't have i don't have a collection like that i mean i'm I don't know, 20 grand probably that's still that's enough lot. oh yeah Heck yeah well, my car's not even worth that much. Right, but I, not like I just went out and bought them all in one shot. Like, you know, right, but your but your combined retail value is still a pretty high dollar. So, do you would you? And I know this has nothing to do with wrestling, but would you um, you line itemize stuff like that out? So, like, in what they call it for like insurance reasons, if there's like a house fire or something. Nope. No, nothing like that. I mean, I, I have. We have um, replacement insurance or whatever it's called. So, right, we didn't have to to do an itemized list. So they actually we didn't have to do much of an itemized list at all. Right, I think because they ask for stuff just like high value. Right. Well, no one of my tools is really a high value. I mean, but the thousand bucks, I guess, would be the most. Right. Right, but yeah, the whole collection together. But I, what my insurance company wanted was just anything that's worth big money, like no jewelry, or you know, if you had like a fancy painting or stuff like that. Wow. So, yep. Doesn't take long, Mike. You know, table saw, chop saw, I well, thickness planer, a couple band saws, you know, skill saws. It doesn't take long. We got thousands of dollars in a hurry. No, I agree. I mean, I, I'm sure even going to the different conventions and uh, events that you go to, the last one you just went to, I, I bet a lot of those people have a healthy amount of money invested wow. into their equipment to make their... So- I, I talked to somebody over Christmas. It was my mother-in-law, exactly. And she told me, she said that... Let me see if I explain this right. My brother-in-law... Uh-huh. His wife's family, one's a blacksmith and one's a woodworker, and that his cutting boards can range anywhere from like $60 to like a hundred and something, if not more. And I'm like, wait a minute, 
I know a woodworker that it just blows my mind. And they go, well, it's the type of wood that's used, you know, and sometimes there's like different woods that are used in the pattern. And all. I was like, wow, I have no concept of this, but it's uh, it's 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 the real deal. And, and people who know what they want will pay top dollar because the product will last for generations. Yeah, 100 percent. I mean, look, if you go to um, what's a place you'll have that I'll have uh, Home Art? Depot. Home Depot. You guys got Home okay. Depots? We have they, Home Depots. They sell cutting boards. When yes. They do here anyhow. They're like 30 bucks. Correct. Uh, you get what you pay for. Right. Versus you go to somebody like myself. I don't do a lot of cutting boards, but I have done them in the past. I'm not going to make you nothing for that. It's not worth my time. Right. The lumber I'm putting into it, you know, 30, 40, 50 bucks wouldn't cover lumber. Because, you know, you, you get something nice, like a cherry wood, and you mix in uh, some walnut with it, or, you know, some maple. You know, it doesn't take long for you had a lot of money. If you get into your exotics, your exotic woods, like your purple heart, um, sapple, it's actually an African hardwood. I just did a board for a guy out of that. You know, all that stuff is, is big money, mahogany. All that you're paying good money for, it. and a guy like me can't. I'm not buying, you know, ten thousand dollars worth of one type of wood to where I'm getting a great discount, like whoever from Home Depot, whatever company it is to make their boards. And it's also mine are all done by hand versus they're all done on a CNC machine at a big factory. It's a big difference, and you generally get much better quality product when you go to, you know. Uh, a skilled artisan versus a box store. No, I believe it. I believe it completely. Um, interesting. So hopefully everybody also went ahead and got what they wanted for Christmas as well. Um, it's a good time. How about how was that weather for you guys in Canada? It was pretty crappy oh. for us here in the United States. Those bad news bears. Uh, it started on the twenty third. Uh, I, was at, I was working and leaving work. We had a lot of snow. We had rain, then it turned to freezing rain, then a bunch of snow. And I had a couple stops to make on my way home. And when I pulled into one parking lot, I had to push my way through the snow with the bumper of my truck. So you got to think, if you're pushing with the bumper of a full-size pickup, it's that's snow. That's deep. Right? I mean, you're talking 16, 18 inches of snow. And I know by the side of my house, it drifts real bad. I had a snow drift. It was, had to be eight feet high. So it was, that was fun to shovel. Oh, my God. Yeah. Right, but no, it's, it's, they closed the, the major highway through Ontario. It's called the 401. It's, okay. It's a corridor basically from Quebec right on down to the length of Ontario, down into the States. And they had that closed. There weren't a lot on that at all. Um, uh, Prince Edward County, that's a little ways away from here. State of emergency, they shut down the roads. Like it was, it was bad. I sent you the video off from the 24th. And I have no idea how was, you were even able to drive. That was, yeah, that was scary just watching the video and not living it, but you lived it. So, yeah, that was, that was bad, right? Because I had to, you know, unfortunately, well, I shouldn't say unfortunate, but. Unfortunately for the, the weather, 
I had to make a couple deliveries of toys for kids for Christmas. And it was the last day before Christmas. So, you know, I said I'd have them done and delivered. So I, I delivered them, but it wasn't fun. And I mean, I was doing 30 kilometers an hour in a zone that you generally do 70. And you still couldn't see 20 feet in front of my truck. It was no fun. Right, so as soon as I was done, I mean, I went home, parked it, and that's it. Called it a day. Yep. So, how about you? How was your Christmas? What did you get, Megs? What Megs get you? Um, I got Megs. She's a big fan of a TV show called Supernatural, which actually, ironically enough, is filmed in Canada. I mean, they just recently ended the show. It was uh, it was on the air for fifteen years on the CW, but um. Yeah, so I got her some Supernatural stuff. Uh, Supernatural onesie for our soon-to-be daughter. Um, I got her, since our daughter's name is McKenna, um, McKenna Grace, is I got a couple of books that are, has her name on it, you know, the alphabet and all that kind of stuff. So I got her some some stuff there and just got her, Meg, some things that she needs. She got me some really cool stuff. I got some uh, high school, my high school that I teach at, embroidered um, a apparel uh i got some ae dub stuff which is nice um i also i'm a big fan of columbia the brand columbia i go down to columbia no i'm kidding um Uh, so i got a uh a weather resistant really nice uh jacket and then i got a fleece so i did really well i mean i don't even really and it's funny we talk about this i don't really need anything right so like honestly for guys a t-shirts is a big thing t-shirts is a big deal for me because it's just you can never have enough t-shirts you can never have enough good good pairs of socks mm-hmm. um just basic essential stuff and then just stuff i can wear to to school and i teach i don't really have a whole lot of like must-haves and uh no but i was good it was good she got me good, good stuff i got her some good stuff we had uh Christmas Eve with her family in Kentucky so we had to drive and it was obviously below zero we got all that ice and snow and neither one of our cars are, are meant for winter driving so that's that was dicey so we went down there we came back and then Christmas Day we had to go up north and northern up in northern Ohio for my sister she hosts for our side of the family my parents couldn't make it because we were on a level two of snow emergency, so they weren't going to leave their driveway. So we're going to have a third Christmas, I think, later this week with my parents because the temperatures are supposed to be rebounding. So, But it's good. It's good to see everybody. Everyone's doing well. Nothing crazy or scary. No good. bad news. Just same old, same old. But the food was good. My mother-in-law can cook like you wouldn't believe. Man, the woman has a talent. So good eats, my friend. Good eats. Fantastic. Always good to hear something positive. Oh yeah, world. absolutely, absolutely. So let me let me throw this out at you. Uh, interesting things going on in the world of wrestling. We're going to be talking about Cody Rhodes is going to be returning. A lot of people are speculating it's going to be at the Royal Rumble. What's going to be happening with that? There's also speculation on what's going to be happening with Roman Reigns as far as not only the WWE Championship but the Universal Championship as well for him. We're going to be talking about the new look of AEW Dynamite when that happens. Uh, coming up in january what that new set is going to be looking like if you've seen the teaser video it's really really cool 
We're also going to be talking about a comment that Booker T had made about how he believes AEW fans are much like a cult and they stick together and they will literally go after anyone who says anything disparagingly about the company. We'll talk about that as well. Uh, we'll also talk a little bit about the big story, which may not be a story, which very well may be the biggest story ever written in the history of wrestling. I'm going to talk about that as well, because I still think there's a possibility. And if there is, if there is, I'm just going to say I left the door cracked open because you just never know in wrestling. But let's go ahead and let's first start out with Cody Rhodes. Uh, Cody Rhodes was on the best of Monday Night Raw show, which was a pre-taped show uh, because they were having a couple of live events that were going on on Christmas Day. And um, so there was no Monday Night Raw. They were given the production team and the talent the night off. But they did have live shows happening at Madison Square Garden and, oddly enough, in Columbus, Ohio, not too far from me at the Nationwide Arena. So Cody Rhodes looks like he's coming back, but it looks like he's going to be coming back and potentially having another match with Seth Rollins. Let me ask you this question. Are you excited about Cody Rhodes coming back or do you feel like it's a eh thing right now? Well, I'm super excited about him coming back. He's he's amazing. And him and Seth Rollins are going to put off some banging matches. I'm not sure where you're going to go storyline wise, but in the ring, it's going to be good. Yeah, Cody and um, Seth have already had three matches so far. Cody is 3-0 and in all of those matches. Now, the reason why there is all this talk about doing yet another Cody-Seth match is because there is internal conversations going on right now with Inside WWE of whether or not they're going to take the championships off of Roman Reigns going before going into WrestleMania. Let me ask you this. If they do decide... Do you think who do you think should ultimately become the WWE champion and who do you think should become universal champion if you were doing the booking for this? Wow. Uh wasn't quite prepared for that one. Uh well I'm, I, okay, let me throw this out at you. Let me it's throw not gonna out. be Cody if that's where you're going with this. No, I'm not gonna I'm not saying Cody, but I'm just saying okay. do you, who do you feel like right now? You know, you take Roman out of the equation, right? Let's say Roman had a torn ACL or whatever. Who would you feel comfortable going, yep, we're going to slide the belt on this guy? Drew McIntyre. Interestingly enough, I'm going to agree with you on that. I think Drew McIntyre is a really good pick. Were you surprised when he didn't win at Clash of the Castle? I thought that was atrocious, him not How winning there. You... Uh, we talked about it, me, you, and the we were talking about it. And that was one of the few I think we all agreed on. He's gonna win there. I don't know. It just made sense. I mean, they've had they've had Davy win over in Europe, and they often do these things with people in Europe, like William Regal and Fit Finley and Finn Balor, and they do a lot of these things when it comes to people who are not native to North America, and they make them look really good in their home country. And it just did surprise me because he's been so true blue WWE for so many years, and he is a great champion he's a great person to begin with. He's a great ambassador for the company clash at the castle. He's got the sword. You thought it would just, it was fitting, right? But not so much. Yeah. I'm not sure what happened there. Even if you only had him tape the belt for three months or four months or something like that, or have him win by DQ, even for Christ's sake, something to where he's over. Cause over there, it's a big deal. 
him winning the championship would have been huge. And it, I mean, I'm sure there was thought put into it. Maybe he didn't want to. That could be as well. You don't know. So, I mean, it's, let's not turn this into WWE dropped the ball. We don't know all the details of it. This is true. For a fan standpoint, I think he should have won it. I don't know what's going on in the background. Could be nothing. Could be something. Who knows? We'll never know. It would, from the outside looking in, just, you know, it would have made sense for him to. But we'll, we'll never know. Speaking of the aforementioned Cody Rhodes, Cody was on, as I said before, the pre-tape of the best of Monday Night Raw, which happened on Monday night last night. This is what Cody had to say. Cody spoke about his 2023, noting that his 2022 was cut short, but he was able to accomplish a couple of things. Uh, But he wants to pick up off right where he left. Rhodes acknowledged being incredibly vague as far as what he wanted to pick up. Uh, what he left off. He also went on to say, I think anyone who is a fan of what we do can read between the lines. There is one thing I came back specifically for one thing. And again, a torn pet couldn't stop me. I couldn't name anything that can stop me right now. It has to be done. It needs to be done. I want to get it done. So when we talk about Cody, you know, Cody had mentioned before that, and we'll never get to the bottom of it uh, as far as what the true issues, what led him to leave AEW. Was it an issue? You know, and Cody has said numerous times it was not a creative issue. It was not a money issue. Um, maybe, and I think this might make more sense, it might have been a maturity issue or it might have been a level of, okay, I'm frustrated issue. So it, may, it might not have been money, but I think at the end of the day, he left and he definitely has his reasons why. But he also mentioned that he wanted to come back to be the WWE champion, something his father never got a chance to accomplish. Now, Triple H is in charge. Do we think, honestly, that he is going to win the championship? Because I got a really strong feeling that he would not be talking about this as much if that was not something that was at least not guaranteed to him, but at least heavily... um, implied that he would be a champion do you think in your perspective from a being a fan that you would like to see him as either the heavyweight champion the wwe or the universal uh he's going to eventually become the heavyweight champion for sure i'd put money on it okay not right now it's, it's hard to have him come back from an injury and boom you're a champion right away There's got to be a chase. There's got to be a story. There's got to be something more to it. I don't think it's ready yet. Uh, It's going to happen. What I think is going to happen is he'll become the heavyweight champ. They're going to test the waters, see how it goes. Is he over? You know, do we have a story that we can push him through? No. Is he putting off some banging matches? And if he is, then I can see it turning into he becomes the universal champion as well that's what i see happening it's a good point that you make right there because you can't just automatically say well we're going to make this guy champion because there is that possibility that the audience doesn't gravitate towards that right there needs to be some level of a build-up and there needs to be and in a lot of cases 
the champion normally gets the most out of the run leading up to winning the championship. That's normally where it, ha- in my opinion, would you agree with that? hundred percent. And then afterwards, it's kind of like, oh, okay, well, we, we watched it. We won the race. Now we're here. So, okay, you know, we already had the confetti fall and all of this kind of stuff. So what next? And I think the big thing is when it comes to a wrestler is you got to have that buildup, like you said, have that good chase, have that culminating moment where that person is able to win. But then you also have to have something next. Because I think a lot of people already like a good story of somebody who's fighting to win what they want. The Rocky Balboa story is always a really good one. But then what happens next? Does he have the staying power and the drawing power to be that champion that can be long lasting for, you know, not just six months, but we're talking a year, year and a half. Um, Do you think outside of Roman Reigns on a completely separate note? There's anybody in WWE that you think would work being a champion for multiple years in a row? Years? No. Yeah, well, they should have been champion for multiple years either, to be honest with you. Who, the Ro- or Roman? Roman should not have been, no. It takes somebody beyond special to be a champion for two years. I agree. Because you are at the top of the heap. For two years, that takes something. It does. And people get tired of seeing the same one at the top. Like in every sport. Right? When the Patriots were the top of the heap in the NFL, everybody hated them. Everybody gets sick of it. Right? It's just the way it is. People, nobody wants to see the same old, same old going on. It's not like the days of when Bruno San Martino was the heavyweight champion for like 72 years or whatever the hell it was. <laughs> Seemed like he was a champion forever. Yeah. Before my day, but it was like his title reign was something ridiculous. We'll never see that again. Or I don't think so anyhow. I'd be shocked if that happened. Because people don't have the attention span for one person to be the champion for two years. Yep, they come in, you know, a year. That's fine. But now I want to see something else. Unless you right. can reinvent that character every year or every 18 months or do something. But if it's going to stay you know, par for the course, you just you get a little bit tired of it. I want to see somebody yeah. new in there. I agree. That's, I that's could not just, agree more. I think that's just the way we are as a society right now. Yes. Right, And what, it's hard to have somebody be at the top for an extended amount of time because you just get bored. Right. Damn near all of us got ADD these days, diagnosed or not. No one always got the attention span to focus and to be invested in something that doesn't change for an extended amount of time. We just don't. We've been ruined to everything's instant now. You know, you need to know something, grab your phone, you got an answer in in 15 seconds. Everything is instantaneous. That's the world we are now. So people need you know, things to change. You've you got to keep my attention. And that's where you're, you're hurt having champions for a year and a half, two years. It's a harder road now. Roman's done well. He's gotten a lot better. I agree. He's gotten, he's improved dramatically. But, but I, I think it's, 
I think it'd be nice to see somebody new now. If you want to keep Roman around to have him be in the chase, that's okay. But it'd be nice to see uh, just two random names here. There's something like a Cody and Drew. Two, they're completely different. You know, give, give me that. Feed me that for a bit and see if it gets over. You know, if it doesn't, that's fine. You can always put the belt back on Roman. If whoever those two come out and they're, and they're not drawn, you put it back on Roman. You can, you can do it, and you have options. It just would be nice to have something new. Well, just in case you're curious, as far as the length of world championships in pro wrestling, the longest reigning WCW World Heavyweight Champion was Hulk Hogan, who had the title for 469 days. That was the longest reign for him after he defeated Ric Flair when he first came to the company at Bash at the Beach 1994. Now, Batista is the one who held the big gold belt, which got renamed once it came to the WWE. He held it for the longest run, which was 282 days. So if we're going to compare this title run of a couple of years of Roman Reigns to other people in recent memory, ECW champion Shane Douglas held his championship 406 days. Uh, Christian held the championship for 204 days. Um, Roman has had it for more than 700 days. Now, let's talk about the top five WWE championship reigns of all time. This first one is coming in at number five was Pedro Morales, 1,027 days, 1,027 days. And obviously, this is a little bit dated, uh, so I think Roman is probably somewhere around maybe 900 days. Maybe even longer than that. Okay, yeah, that was in August. Uh, so it is probably longer now. But Morales, 1,027 days. Uh, number four of all time is Bruno San Martino at 1,237 consecutive days. Number three is the Hulkster at 1,474 days. Number two is Bob Backlund for 2,135 days. And number one, the longest WWE champion consecutive was Bruno San Martino for 2,803 days. That is incredible. 2008 years. Uh, I'm no mathematician. How many days did I just say that was? 28 what? 2,800. All right. 2,803. We'll go the old divided by button. Where the hell is that at? Crap, I can't find it on my keyboard. Divided by 6.7 years. Or sorry, 7.7 years. 7.67945205. That's a long damn time for someone to be champion. Could that happen today? I no way. There's no chance. No chance at all. But you also got to keep in mind, I feel like the reason why things have changed so dramatically at least when it was, you know, Hogan passed. Like, once you realize, you know, the the days where you probably had that last run at somebody being a longtime champion was Bob Backlund. But then when you started looking in the early 90s, you started really understanding that that big movement, so, you know, started with the Brunos and went to the Andres and went to the Hogans and went through the, the late 70s, 80s into the 90s. 
wrestling was going through a change. It wasn't as popular. So they had to continue to mix it up to keep things interesting because people were really dropping off. Remember, from I would say the end of 92, almost until 95, 96, wrestling was really stale in a lot of companies. I mean, it's... So if we're talking just about WWE, they went through the steroid situation, which was not good. A lot of guys left. A lot of guys ended up going to WCW. They had the new generation, if you remember that, was not a very good concept. And it wasn't until late 19, I guess, maybe 1997, you know, where things started to pick up again. So they had to make things interesting and a Hogan reign of 400 and some odd days. That's still a long, that's still over a year. So in my opinion, a championship reign could last one WrestleMania to the next, but I really wouldn't go any further than that. And that maybe even be pushing it. Your take? No, they're uh, accurate. Let me, let me mute that. Give me a second. Sorry. Um, no, you're, you're hundred percent right on that. Uh, you know, one WrestleMania to another. Yep, I can I can drink that Kool Aid. You can't really get much longer than that. It's just the attention span is not there. No, a little bit shorter than that. But the problem is, if you go shorter than that, then the title doesn't mean as much. It's like hot potato. hot potato. Yep. Right. Oh, he's the champion. Right. From SummerSlam to Royal Rumble, or correct Survivor Series, or whatever. And then it's it's it doesn't mean the same. You, the the prestige is not not there because you know it's only going to be three months, six months, you know, nine months type of thing. Then it gets a little bit watered down. Then you have in the last ten years we've had, you know, um, fourteen world championship title changes between six guys or. And it's just, it's not, it doesn't mean the same. It doesn't mean as much. That's kind of the feeling that comes with that. Do you ever get the feeling, but that when you know someone's champion and they're like, well, they're defending their championship this week on T, they're not going to change the title. They just gave it to somebody. So yet it is a championship match on TV. Do you ever just tell yourself, well, what's the point? It's not going to change. Do you know what I mean? Well, you know it's not going to ch- change, but it's nice to see the championship getting defended just on random TV. As Even opposed though, you know, to, they're going to win. That's fine. Half time you're going into a pay per view feeling, do you not know who's going to win? Oh, I, or, or do you not have a, a very strong feeling so and so is going over? Absolutely. You usually do. The stories are there. You've been watching it for long enough to know. I've been watching it, not nowhere near to the extent of what you are, but even I'll be turning on like, yep, whoever it is is going over tonight. And sure, shit, 16 minutes later, there it is, one, two, three. Yep. You know, you can generally get an idea. So I don't worry about that so much. I think it's just, it works better when you see somebody defending their title on Raw or Rampage, or Dynamite, or SmackDown, or whatever the hell it is, just because it's nice to give it that exposure. It makes your show look special. Hey, look, we have the heavyweight champion, or the universal champion, defending tonight. It gives it that, you know, makes it a bigger deal. Even though, yeah, you know, 
that's not changing hands. But you can always hold out a little bit of hope, though, can't you? That, oh, sure. Maybe. Anything's right? possible. Yeah. Because you can't tell me that wouldn't be huge. So, um, oh, absolutely. You know, absolutely, it would be. Next Monday on Raw, you got, you know, title match, you know, whoever. You know, it's not, it's not changing hands. And then all of a sudden, it changes hands. That would be ridiculous. You know what we'd be talking about Tuesday night? Right? Well, you okay. know what's going to be on all the dirt sheets and the bleacher report and, and everything else, Twitter? It'll all be blowing up. Let me ask you, when it came to, or comes to title changes, what was one that you remember on regular TV that a title changed hands and it was a, a big deal to you? Like, I have a couple in mind, but I want to get your opinion. What were some that you witnessed on TV that you might not have saw coming, or maybe you kind of did, but it was still cool the fact that the championship happened on television and it wasn't something you had to buy on a pay-per-view? Wow. I actually can't think of one, to be honest with you. Just there's nothing coming to me. Fire some out there, Freeland. I'm sure you got it there in front of you. Maybe it'll refresh my memory. The one I would say is when Mankind beat The Rock and became the WWE champion. And I thought that was a big deal. And I thought that was huge. And DX went ahead and celebrated him. And it was just, it was a big deal. And I thought that was a great way. And it was it was live. It was on the USA Network. I thought that was really exciting. Um, I think there was another one, uh, if I'm trying to think, correct me if I'm wrong. I believe Marty Jannetty won the Intercontinental Championship from Shawn Michaels on a Monday Night Raw from the Manhattan Center at one point, which I thought was really, really cool. Then you have clearly have Goldberg versus Hogan in the um, in Atlanta. That was a big deal. That was on a regular televised show. I thought that was really interesting. So the fact that you had Goldberg and Hogan on regular TV paid TV, yeah, is huge. Yes, whether you had a title change or not, that would have been massive. I agree. Right. I'm trying to think of some other really exciting ones. Well, you also had uh, Lex Luger beating Hulk Hogan live on Nitro for the championship. That was a big deal. So there right. are these moments that were really captivating but then i think in the same breath some of the ones you said yeah someone's going to defend the championship the champion will but even though the championship doesn't change hands it was still really good let's take the match that jeff hardy had with the undertaker when he was big evil there was a ladder match that he did on monday night raw which i thought was absolutely phenomenal because jeff hardy told such a good story and he didn't win but his hand kept grabbing the belt and slapping it off. And you thought he was going to grab, like literally I was standing going, just grab, grab, pull, pull. And it was yes. just so good. And the undertaker finally, you know, climbed the ladder and choke slammed him and, and whatnot. But there are those moments when you really don't know what's going to happen. But yes, nine times out of 10 championship, isn't going to change hands unless you really need to pop a big number or you already have a big sellout of a big arena, right? Yeah. So if you're going to be in a big arena and you're advertising it a lot, like for example, AEW is on their January the 11th episode, something big is going to happen there. Yep. Or, or if you get an injury that happens sometimes too. somebody's injured. 
excellent point. You know, a hidden injury, nothing. Well, but they need surgery and they need a bit of time off to recuperate. Then you just work it into the storyline a little bit type of thing, right? Well, the latest update right here says Roman Reigns is going on his second reign as the longest singular reign in WWE Championship to date. Modern era is what we're talking about here. 838 plus days. Now, Reigns also holds the record for the longest combined championship, which is consistently right now at 902 days. Once again, we have to keep in mind these are not in the thousands of what we saw with the top five. But we're talking modern era, right? When we're talking the era that we're currently in right now, not of all time, but it's still, I mean, nothing to scoff at. That's still a, a pretty big deal. I mean, 800 to 900 days, you're talking, you know, a couple One, of years. years. Right it's a big thing. Now, as far as what is going to be happening next, there is some speculation of what's going to be happening. According to Dave Meltzer on the Wrestling Observer, WWE may be considering a title change due to Roman Reigns' new contract that is going to be kicking in in January that allows him to appear less frequently with WWE. Now, Meltzer also speculated that a title change could see Seth Rollins become the WWE Undisputed Universal Champion to then face Cody Rhodes, who would be coming back from an injury, and then they could see Cody versus Seth Part 4, and then Cody beating Seth for the championship. Um that just seems like hot potato then. It seems Too like you're fast. taking it off. It, it is. You're taking it off a of Roman, right? Taking it off a of Roman, and let's say you take it off of him, and then Seth gets it. Seth is just going to hold it till <coughs> Cody then gets it at Mania? Yeah. It could happen. I personally, if you're going to go that route, you all right there, Freeland? Yeah, I'm fine. Just had okay, a little tickle. Whoa. That's a different conversation. <laughs> now, if you're going to go that route, though, to have, okay, so Seth takes it from Roman, right? which is fine. I mean, and Roman probably wants a break, too. Let's not forget that. He's been the champion for two years. I'm sure he would like a break to where he's not the guy that's got to be on TV all the time and stuff. That's got to be taxing on him. But outside of that, so you should give it to Seth. If he takes it and he loses that mania, right? What does that do for for Seth? Nothing, really. Nothing. He he gains nothing from it. Now, if you're going to have him get it off Roman and have him run with it for six months, nine months, build up a solid story of him and Cody, that I can get behind. But it can't be, you know, he gets it from Roman and the next major pay per view. Cody's got it. It's it's where I get very torn on it because, you know, you'd like for it to be long-term storytelling, but we don't have the attention span for long-term storytelling anymore. Not anymore. But you don't want to see the title just bounce around and around and around. It, it's very difficult. I get very torn on this topic. I don't know. I just, I just don't see a point in having Seth take it. Just be a, an interim champion just to get Cody over right away. Because if that's the case, why don't you just have Cody take it off Roman? Well, I agree with that completely. I just don't think that the WWE sees, and this is my opinion, so this is just one man's opinion, of Cody being the guy or a guy who could legitimately defeat Roman Reigns. 
I just don't think that they see him as a guy that's that caliber. I, I hate to say it. I just don't think that that's the case. So then how do you get – so they see <laughs> Seth as he can beat Roman, but Cody can beat Seth, but Cody can't beat Roman. Was Correct. That- Correct. That's flawed logic, but okay. It it is a little weird. I'm not going to lie to you. It 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 doesn't pass the smell test in my book, but it's just one of those deals where that's really what's being talked about as far as what's going to happen. Um, there are once again also plans that you would have two different matches. So Roman theoretically would have a match night one against Cody. Um. Once again, potential against Mm -hmm. Cody for the Universal Championship, lose that, and then have a match against The Rock, but then there is some speculation that he would go over The Rock and retain his other championships, so each brand would have a separate champion. Do you think, in your opinion, that The Rock would do business and put over a family member, uh, come in for a one-night type of deal or a couple of TV appearances leading up to Mania, and then obviously do the job for Roman, or do you think that that probably would not happen? Yeah, I think he probably would. It's good for business. Uh, I don't know if he's going to want to lose clean, though. There had to be something underhanded to it. I mean, The Rock's an icon, and you're generally not going to bring him in, or or anybody to his caliber, your icons, to lose straight up. They clean because it doesn't help him. Why we bring him back to just, you know, just lose lickety split? That doesn't help none. I think he had to do something underhanded, you know, low blow or, you know, chair to the head or it had to do something. I don't think you'd have him lose clean. Because realistically, The Rock doesn't need to be bothered. What does he have to gain? Really? I mean, this is true. He has nothing to gain. Right. Okay, he gets a payday. No, he's got lots of them. Right. You know, I mean, money's not the thing. Surely, God, he can't be doing it for the money. No, Does does he need the attention? He's got all the attention in the world. So I think if he were to do it, it'd be more of a favor than than a a personal thing. So that's why I could see him coming back and, and put Roman over. I just don't think he's going to want to do it and make himself look bad. Well, if we're if we're going by, this is more insight to it. So I'm going to read this and I want to get your opinion. This is international business. There's an exclusive report by Wrestling News that the current plans for WWE's two-night pro wrestling extravaganza will have Roman Reigns in a universal championship match on night two against Cody. Now, should Dwayne The Rock Johnson be unavailable for the event? Now, that is the, the game plan if The Rock's unavailable. So, the curious part of all of this is it would draw the attention to fans to come to Night One's main event, which could be Seth Rollins to face Drew McIntyre or Cody Rhodes for the WWE Championship. That would mean that Reigns will lose the WWE Championship even before it happens in the first place for Night One. I know this all sounds crazy. There's a lot of moving pieces to all of this. So that's what they're saying right now. Um, So you have a couple of people who are in the mix. 
You have Drew, which is a big fan of what you are a fan of, Seth, and Cody. Those are the three names that people are saying right now. Are you surprised that we're not seeing a Kevin Owens being thrown into the mix to all this? Like, why are we not having Kevin Owens thrown into the mix with all of this? That's a good question. Uh, He's well, not in fact, injured. In I like back. Kevin Owens. Um, is he not over? Do people not care? It, it, look, I think uh, Kevin Owens has always been over. I think people love booing him, and I think people love cheering him. I think the thing with Kevin Owens is he just he speaks his mind, but he he really does speak the truth, whether you like him or not. Okay. Um, but he's good. He's really good, and I think so. he's he's put his time into where he legitimately deserves to be thrown in the mix. No, I, I'm with you. I'm just trying to figure out why he's not. No, it's hard to have it with three people. You know, if you're going to go a number of people, would you not do four people for even? Or just have two? As well as you're going to go uh, triple threats? Or uh, I don't know. No, it'd be nice to see Kevin Owens. I like Kevin I'm biased. I'm not the best one to ask this. I mean, you know that yourself. I'm, I'm biased. I like Kevin Owens. And it's not just a Canadian thing. I think he's damn good. No, I he think is good. He's, he's entertaining. Really good. He can wrestle. He yes. can wrestle his ass off. Right? He's good on the mic. So why do you not give him a chance? I don't know. Or maybe he's just got a little bit lost in the shuffle. Who knows? Uh, Steve Carrier from Ringside News last week reported WWE is currently pitching alternatives for Reigns and the recent report from Wrestling News to be one of the company's big plans. Now, WWE uh, is looking to split the titles up uh, on December 19th's episode of Raw. Is any indication there could be a punishment for Roman Reigns and his faction? Now, there is one storyline that's being pitched right now that could be Roman Reigns could be stripped of one of his championships due to the interactions of the bloodline, which would get one of the championships off of him immediately and then could potentially set up a match between, let's say, Cody and Seth Rollins or Cody and um, Drew McIntyre, or they could have a number one contenders match. Something could happen where they could then end up setting up a match that's going to be happening at WrestleMania, which would mean that the Roman Reigns uh, responsibilities for WrestleMania might just be in one match. But I don't know if the USA Network had anything to do with this. However, we have found out that the networks do have a lot of say-so as far as what they want to see, especially when it comes to advertisers and money coming in. So I do think it's a good idea to split the championships up because Roman hasn't been on Monday Night Raw or defending the championship on Monday Night Raw. So really, how does that benefit the Raw brand especially when Raw's ratings haven't been so great. Yes, there's been the NFL, but that's starting to dwindle down right now. They're going to need to have something to kind of keep this momentum going. And Cody coming back or someone else having the championship maybe moving over to Monday Night Raw would definitely kind of give it a, a, a spark of rejuvenation. Would you agree? 100%. Uh, you explain it like that actually makes a bit makes a bit of sense. Uh, you know, well, gives you two titles. Really, you've you've got two titles now, but you know what I mean. Yeah, it gives you two separate titles, two different champions, a little more exposure. You know, that actually, I, I like the sound of that. 
The, the other thing that I find to be interesting as well is, and this hasn't been talked about, but I think the kind of a, a similar situation also applies to the bloodline as far as the tag team championship goes. Not to say that they're not talented because they are, but I'm also wondering, once again, they've had it for quite some time, both championships. At some point in time, you're going to have to, once again, mix it up a little bit, make it exciting. Who do you think would be interesting to eventually take the championships off of the bloodline? Street Profits. It's a good pick right there. First team popped into my head. Yeah, um, no, they're up here. Gable and Otis, but, you know, that's just pure favoritism. Um... <laughs> Yeah, first ones came in my head, Street Profits. That's I guess that's who I'd go with. That um what are your options? Really? What are your true tag team options? See, I, I think, think we've had this discussion before. There's we have a lot of them. There, there isn't. I mean, obviously you can go with the new day, but they're already NXT tag team champions, which I don't think you're gonna wanna do dual branded tag no. team champions. I don't think that would make a whole lot of sense in my opinion. So yeah, it's a great question. Street profits make a lot of sense as well. Unless you plan on bringing up a tag team from NXT to eventually go ahead and dethrone. So you can kind of get that ball rolling. What about the Imperium? I, I keep saying this, but what about them? I mean, I, I feel like that should be something that could be really, really well done. You're a bigger fan of the Imperium than I am. So they're a good, it's a good faction. I like them tremendously. I think that they fit in well with the new style of what WWE is going for. And let's also think about this. We can't just think about the here and now, but Shawn Michaels and Triple H are going to be planning on relaunching WWE United Kingdom or what they call WWE Europe now. So, and they said that's going to be happening in 2023. What, excuse me, better way would be to have a champion crowned at WrestleMania and then on that, that weekend pay-per-view announce WWE Europe. Do you know what I mean? And then have guys who are homegrown European wrestlers kind of be the staple of that. It almost be their version of the bloodline, but as they start up that version of the WWE universe over there. So it could be something to take into consideration. So you're going to send them back to NXT basically? Not necessarily NXT, but it's it's called WWE Europe. Okay. So kind of I NXT guess the UK kind of. Call it whatever you want, Freeland. Right. But really that's what it's going to be. True. So you're going to take your tag team champions and send them to the minors. I mean, why are we sending the New Day down to NXT? Why are we sending... Great point. I'm stupid. I don't, I don't understand that concept either because that, no. that kind of boggles my mind because you got Wes Lee, who's the uh, North American champion, which is great, but you're clearly not going to send him up to the main roster right now. What about this? I'm going to throw this out here. What happens if you bring Braun Breaker up? Okay. Bring Braun Breaker up, and then he go ahead and be an entrant into the Royal Rumble. 
and maybe he wins a Royal Rumble, and then he's going to take a shot at Roman. I'm I'm just throwing out hypotheticals. How long are you going to keep Braun Breaker in NXT? Hopefully not much longer. You cannot. You got to strike when the iron's hot. This guy has the look. He's got the talent. He's got the body. He can talk. For the love of God, he's young. Get his ass up there. I think him being a surprise entrant in the Royal Rumble, and if he won it, holy crap. And then he could come out on Raw the next night and declare that he now wants to be the king of Monday Night Raw, and he he wants to take on such and such at WrestleMania. I think that would be great. Don't be surprised if you see that. Great storytelling. Um, probably not going to happen. I it'd be neat. I just I think they'd be better off. Okay, to bring them up. Okay, surprise entrant. Fair. We'll go with that route. He puts on a good showing for himself in the in the rumble. I don't think you're gonna have him win it, right? But he puts on a good showing for himself. You know, and maybe they pull the, you know, hey, kid, you, you did pretty good. We want to give you a chance here on the main roster. They, but not not right to the top, though. I don't think. Once again, that, that's too fast. Hey, I'm going from NXT to now I'm, I'm going for the, for the whatever title Roman has at the time. It might be interesting. It's different. It'll be interesting. It'll be different. Oh, I agree. I just, I doubted it happened. I just can't see that. It would cause almost too much of a shakeup. Fair. Yeah, I know I just finished saying that, no, we need change and whatnot, but that'd almost be too much. Well, So you're taking your, 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 big, your big guy from NXT bring him up to WWE, and now he's your champion. Storming the roster, storming the Royal Rumble, and then all of a sudden, he now has a big decision to make. Maybe maybe he appears on NXT, what what is it, the Tuesday night after the Rumble, Mm -hmm. and then he gets questioned, what are you going to do? You're NXT champion, you just won the Royal Rumble, blah, 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 and then kind of like, see what happens. Could It could be interesting. You know, Another thing that's interesting is what's going to be happening with Big E. We talked about this on many, many episodes, that Big E was, in my opinion, I think you'd agree as well, not given his fair due um, for being WWE champion. Would you agree with that? 100%. That got cut short, and it was horseshit, and I think a lot of fans knew it, and it was BS, and it was like, oh, we gave it to him, and then all of a sudden it was gone, and it was over with. Now, we have an update. Sports Kita is reporting B- Big E has opened up about his road to recovery from the serious injury he suffered earlier in the year. Now, on the March 11th episode of SmackDown, the New Day member landed awkwardly on his head after receiving a belly-to-belly suplex from Ridge Holland on the outside. As everyone knows, he sustained a broken neck at that period of time. Now, in an interview with the Urban Times, he's 36 right now, so let's keep that in perspective as well. He said his return date should be, or he'd like to be, around March of 2023. This is what he said, and I quote, I've got to get some more scans over the next year, somewhere around March, and we'll think we'll know how everything is looking, and we'll take it from there, Big E said. Yeah, I'm excited about my return. My C1 is broken in two spots, so I obviously have to be very smart about the decision. 
I was very fortunate. Uh, I just want to make sure that this is the best decision for my life going forward. See you in March. I hadn't heard any of that. Uh, I like it. I'm not upset at all. So, once again, you're probably not going to necessarily be booking for this to happen because you don't know. You don't know what the scan's going to show. But let's play. Let's play hypothetical. Let's say the scan looks good. Let's say he ends up um, going through a, a battery of tests and he gets cleared. Once again, at 36, let's be honest, he's not a spring chicken. He is in fantastic shape, though, for a young man. What happens if all of a sudden he enters the equation? I mean, I don't see a problem with with just injecting him at some point if he's cleared. Would you or do you think you need to build him up with a storyline with him coming back? Hmm. Well, there's always got to be storyline. To some extent, there has to be. You can't just be, you know, Biggie's back and he's champion. You can't do that with anybody. I, I like stories. Right. So I want, I want a story to. Now, are you gonna? Does it need to be a long, long-term story or you know, multi-pay-per-view? No. But okay. He comes back, Royal Rumble, surprise entrance again. Or you have to announce it. Hey, Biggie, Biggie got cleared. You know, he's coming back. So he comes in, does well for himself. Doesn't need to win it, but he does well for himself. Hey, Biggie's back. So you no, know, now he comes back, you know, smashes a couple guys, has you no know, him and so and so. Or in the rumble, and they're going at it for eight or ten minutes. So now you got a story. Now these two, you have a story with. So then you just carry on from there, work that into something that I'd be okay with. I'm just always going to be the guy who, who wants story to it. I I enjoy the storytelling aspect of it. I don't like just no. end, done and finished. And right. I mean, how many times have we seen the road to WrestleMania is where the storyline starts? Mm-hmm. Yep. Right. Well, so, fair. so, so WrestleMania is is on what is it? April first this year. I think so. Okay. Right around that ballpark, I will be in a hospital at that time, so I will be null and void. I will not be around. Um, However, in my opinion, a lot of we've done a lot of these matches. So the build up to the Royal Rumble is interesting because the fallout of the Rumble is what leads into WrestleMania season, which really starts to set things forward. So I think theoretically you could have a pretty big build up from mid to end of January through March. And then obviously you would only need four or five weeks of TV tops mm-hmm. to go ahead and build something up for somebody. So it wouldn't have to be an, an, an exorbitant amount of time. Now I'm not saying this for necessarily with big E, but I'm just saying in general. So when we talk about, you know, having a build up a story, yes, ideally long-term storyline is really what, what wrestling should be about in isn't that what Tony Khan does though? I mean, I personally think Tony does a really good job of long-term storytelling. 
I'm going to get into that a little bit later on in the show because there's some things I think would be really interesting to see. But WWE does not necessarily do long-term storytelling. And I've, I've had people argue with me and they say, well, Roman Reigns being the champion for 900 and some odd days and the Bloodline being tag team champions for however many days they've been. That's long-term story. No, it's not. It's We have the championships on them right now. We're happy with where things are. We don't have anybody necessarily in the pipeline ready to go. So we're just going to stay status quo. That's what that tells me, if that makes sense. Yeah, but it does. WWE has not done long-term storytelling. I mean, it's somebody also, I talked to them on social media, they said, well, what about Dexter Loomis and The Miz? There's a story there. It's a poorly told story, and it's hokey as all get out. Um, but I guess that's their version of long-term storytelling. I don't think it's necessarily that good. WWE is very sectional, which means they'll do blocks, mm -hmm. right? Where I think AEW tries to say, because they only have four pay-per-views a year, they are almost forced to do long-term storytelling, right? So if you have four pay-per-views a year, you only have one pay-per-view every three months. So two pay-per-views is half the year. So I think with something like that, it almost forces your hand to say, well, we really can't play hot potato because we don't have many opportunities unless it happens on a weekly episode of a show, which wouldn't make sense because if you're going to change a title, you want to get the money for it. So, and I know I'm rambling at this point, but with the way the WWE books things, I just, they only need four or five weeks to do something. And we've seen them put this stuff together. Some people call it hot shot booking. It's kind of what they do sometimes. A little bit, yeah. I mean, it's just, it's just reality. So, uh, next week I will be giving everybody an update on the information that I have on uh, Randy Orton. Right now, I don't have anything new on Randy Orton here, but I definitely think that'll be interesting to talk about that. There is some speculation that Randy may be retiring uh, just because of the significance of the injury that he has gotten on his back, and his back is not in good not in good shape. How old Randy? I want to say Randy's got to be pushing 40. Um, let me see his age. If he's not 40, he's damn near close. Let's see. He was born on April the 1st of 1980. So, yeah, he's over 40. Yeah, he's over 40. So, interesting. Um, anything else that's going I mean, okay, we can even talk about the WWE women's situation. I mean, Charlotte obviously coming back is definitely something that's big for WWE. They need that. Mm -hmm. Um, would you see her being the one who wins the Women's Royal Rumble? Probably. Uh, that's probably what's going to happen. Is it what you would want to see? I should no. say. No, no, I don't fancy seeing it. It's probably going to happen though. Who do you think, in your opinion, right now, should be deserving of a women's Royal Rumble championship win? In your opinion, Rhea Ripley, Natty Neidhart, somebody like that. I'm gonna I'm gonna have to go with you with that one. I mean, I think Rhea Ripley is prime right now for a Royal Rumble victory. Mm -hmm. I really, really do. No, hundred percent. I mean, she's excellent. She is. Right? Why not give her a chance? Jesus, give her a shot. Give her an opportunity. I think it would work. She'd be a great heel. 
champion. Um, I think Natty just deserves it because she's been around forever and she's done everything. Give her a title ring. Well, I mean, here's the thing. Would would people tune in, though? Probably not. And I think at the end of the day, you're, you're looking at things from a would people watch perspective. Yeah. No, I agree 100%, but she's how long she's been around. She's wrestled everybody. She's never had a bad match. No. No, at a certain point, you, you deserve to get it just because what you've done for the company. When the women's division was absolutely god-awful, Natty was there still putting on decent matches with models. Not wrestlers, but models. Yeah. And Natty was making them look decent. <laughs> I won't say good, but decent. But That's decent. an accomplishment. No, I respect that. I respect that. Um, here is something that I want to throw out to you and get your take. What about, um, and this is just something I thought of recently because of the news that has been speculated. Well, not speculated. I mean, she's been spotted with WWE superstars and she's been spotted most recently in New York. And do you know who I'm talking about? No. I'll, give you, I'll give you a chance to think about that for a second. A WWE women's superstar who hasn't been with the company for a while, but there is a lot of rumor that she's going to be coming back. Mickey James? Not Mickey James. Trish. Not Trish Stratus. Kelly Kelly. Not Kelly Kelly. How long ago are we talking? Not too long. Let me give you a hint. Yes, please. It was Sasha Banks' tag team partner. Naomi? Naomi. She's not going to be your champion. I'm just saying she could be a surprise entrant in the Royal Rumble. Yeah, that'll put butts in seats. Thank you, Mr. Shivani. Um, I'm, I'm just saying there could be a surprise her showing up and being in the Royal Rumble. Interesting. I think the women's division is really, really struggling right now. I think where you're really going to see the biggest growth in WWE is in NXT. I think the women's division in NXT has a lot of upswing right now. I think you're seeing a lot. I mean, I have no problem with Dakota Kai. You know, I don't have necessarily an issue with Dana Brooke. Um, do drop. But I mean, when you really look at everybody who's on the WWE women's roster, is there anyone out there? I mean, outside of Alexa bliss, um, or I mean, Rhonda that you really think could be the next face of the women's division. Shayna Baszler would be fun. Shayna could, but do you think that they would have gone with her already by now if they think she could have gotten the job done? Because she's probably. been with the company for a while. Yeah, probably. But she's damn good in the ring. Right? You know, she she gives you a legitimate look. I mean, she was an MMA fighter for quite a few years. You know, she's good in the ring. She's got an interesting look. Yeah, I don't know if that's one. Uh, I was trying to think of who I could Rhea Rhea Ripley like I just said I think Rhea Ripley you is it, it would make sense to have Rhea be a champion I really do I think it would make sense now 
once again, do I think there could be another big call-up? I think there could be, and they normally do the call-ups after WrestleMania. But if you're going to do a call-up after WrestleMania, uh, I definitely think at least one person that should be considered is Nikita Lyons. She's been doing really, really well. And I think she is somebody who's a budding star, especially in NXT. And I think she's going to be ready to go ahead and make that big leap to a Monday night raw because I think raw definitely is the brand that could use the most assistance, especially when it comes to the women's division. So I think she would be a, a real good pickup for that, for that brand. I'd watch that. I'd very much watch that. <laughs> Let's go ahead. And, <coughs> excuse me, man. I tell you what, my, uh, my cough is just not going away. Nothing like being some water or something on the holiday. I'm drinking my, my Red Bull. Well, help. There's nothing left. Oh, man. I won't sleep for like four days because I'll make a second Red Bull. God. All right. So moving on from uh, WWE Royal Rumble talk and uh, WrestleMania season. Let's talk about something else. And, and this topic would be something that Booker T made a comment on. And he made the comment that he thinks that AEW fans are cult-like. And I'm going to let you talk about this, and I'm going to pull up his quote as you're talking. So first of all, WWE fans are like a cult. Go ahead and talk. WWE fans or AEW fans? I'm sorry, I spoke incorrectly. AEW fans are very cult-like. <laughs> it's not overly wrong. Uh, I find a lot of AEW fans have the the mindset of you're your AEW or you're the enemy. We're almost trying to bring back the old ECWS versus the world thing, which doesn't need to be. Uh, they're probably wrong. Right? WWE fans have it as well, but I find AEW fans are much more, uh, I don't know, brainwashed, I guess, to, to go along with Booker's mindset. And yeah, it's he's probably not wrong to say that. It it seems very fanatic. Like, you know, they want to be the alternative, which AEW wants to be, but the fans just want it to be like, yeah, it's us. If you're not one of us, you're the enemy type of thing. Foolishness. Personally, I think it's more foolishness than anything. Um, Matthew Wilkinson's writing in on Wrestling Inc. about this one. He's talking about Booker T's comments, and this is what he said Booker T said on his Hall of Fame podcast. I wouldn't say all of them. I'm not going to say all of them, but a lot of them, he clarified. Sometimes they're just looking for it. It's like being in a relationship, you know, where you got one of those girlfriends that's just looking through her phone all the time, just looking for something, making up excuses just to have a fight, stuff like that. That's the way AEW fans are. Booker T admitted he hopes they listen to his comments and think, oh, wait, a minute, he's right. The WWE Hall of Famer clearly wants to see people getting along in the wrestling world, no matter who they support. He would go on to say, you could be talking about something totally irrelevant to AEW, and they're like, wait a minute, he's talking about AEW. Did he say Kenny Omega? It's that kind of stuff. It's like they're paranoid. Relax, no one's talking about AEW. That is enough. We're going to try to talk about something else. I don't know. Um, do I feel like they're defensive sometimes? Yes, I do. 
I don't necessarily think I would use the term cult-like. What I would say, I think AEW fans are being very dismissed a lot, and this is just my opinion, because they're looked at as a second-rate product. And I'm not saying second-rate product as in ratings or, or whatever, but just like, well, they're not as a quality program as WWE. When in reality, in a lot of ways, Wednesday night shows are way better than Monday night shows. Way better in a lot of, in my opinion. Would you agree? Or do you think that Monday Night Raw, if you're looking at the product, you're looking at the card, is superior to what AEW puts on Wednesday night? Sounds a lot like you're in a cult, Freeland. You're terrible. No, I, I prefer AEW to WWE. Yes. You know that. Right. But I think Booker T's right. Uh, there, there's a lot of... Yeah, just no day... They're slighted. Oh, so-and-so said this. No, they meant that was against AEW. He, he's right. It's not everybody. No. But it is It is a fair bit. Booker, tree, Booker T, sorry, is... On the money on this one, and I think he's a bit of a knucklehead sometimes, but he's he's got this one right. It's interesting when I'm looking at different people's comments on social media as far as you know what side they stand with. There's a lot of people, and obviously you have to keep in mind that WWE has been around much longer; they have a bigger fan base, but. When I watch Raw, or I DVR it and I watch it, there isn't anything necessarily that I find super, super compelling. Now, is it better than when Vince was running? Absolutely. So I'm giving Triple H his, his kudos, but I'm I'm not seeing that that spark, if that makes sense. I'm not seeing that. I think keeping the championships on Roman was very Vince-like. It seems a very conservative way. Um, no, you don't want to play hot potato, but you also want to stir it up and mix it up a little bit, put your own fingerprint on the brand. But I just don't feel like it's that. There was an interview that that uh, was given, and I'm going to try to find it, where it said that Triple H has had some regret about the people he's brought back. Ever seen him with like that big power glove and, and it has all the people that he hired back that Vince fired? Mm-hmm. So what do you think? So if we go back to the people he's brought back. So let's go through the, the, the list of them right now. So they have Ari, uh, Dakota Kai. Um, who else did they bring back? They brought Braun Strowman back. Bray Wyatt. Bray Wyatt. They've brought back Cody. Cody. They've brought back. Let me see if I can find a big issue with this. Um, well, Cody hasn't worked out really. He's been hurt. He got hurt right away. Right. So I don't know if he necessarily regrets that one, but that one hasn't turned out well. Um, so it was Ron, Dakota Kai, Karrion Cross, Scarlett Bordeaux. Um, those were some of them already. Who else did he bring back? He brought uh, back um, Hit Row. He brought them back. Obviously, he's bringing William Regal back, which is fine because I think that's a, a big success for backstage even though he is now contractually not allowed to be on camera anymore ever correct 
That is the deal that Tony Khan made with Triple H and WWE. That they would allow him out of his contract, but he was not allowed to be an on-air camera person anymore. So they have regulated him to being a uh, backstage guy in their training facility. He's, he's a good guy for it. It'd be nice to see him on TV again, but such is life. That was a that. deal that just went to shit for everybody. Nobody won that deal. Not a soul. AEW didn't get nothing out of him. Well, because it was, I think it's because it was such a short-term contract that he signed with an opt-out clause. Yeah, Regal didn't gain nothing from it. Now he's going back and he can't. It's, that's just a crappy deal all around for everybody. Because I'm sure Triple H would rather have him on TV a little bit, like a commissioner type of thing. He'd probably sooner be on TV a little bit. Tony Khan would have rather, you know, things worked out a little differently. That just, that just didn't work out. That was a bad deal. I agree. Let's see here. It's a really good article that I, I had saved here in my notes. That Triple H, there was some frustration about the people that he's brought back because he doesn't feel like it's really kind of panned out the way he'd want. Like Hit Row's not really panning out the way he thought it would pan out. The Bray Wyatt situation hasn't really panned out the way he thought it was. Cody obviously got injured. Uh, You know, obviously he put the tag team championships on the ladies uh, that he brought in. That really hasn't panned out a whole lot either. Carrying Cross, I mean, what's Carrying Cross doing now that he's back? Nothing. And that's Nothing. ridiculous, just for record. And I agree with you. But that's I, just I, nonsense that he's just being wasted. So why is it that so many people will end up making the comment, well, Triple H brought these people back and he's doing what's best for the company, but yet whenever Tony Khan signs somebody, it's not well, it's what's best for the company. He's just picking up quote-unquote rejects or quote-unquote the scraps from the heap from WWE, but when it's seen on the other side, it's very much seen in a different light. Because I think Triple H bringing people back is he's trying to right Vince's wrong. Okay, I think that's what a lot of it is because they're totally, or I think I shouldn't say they're totally, but they have changed. You know, the WWE a, a fair bit since Triple H and Shawn Michaels taken over from Vince. It, you got to admit it's a much better product. Things are doing much better there than, than what they were. I would probably, agree. Oh, wow. You, you agree with me. I like it. I agree. But when Tony Khan does it, I think, because he, he is literally just scooping up people that WWE didn't want anymore. For the most part, some left on their own, but a lot are ones that got let go. So he's just trying to scoop up whoever to so they don't go back or, you know, whatever it would be. Versus what Triple H did is just trying to right some wrongs. Talent that got released, and me and you talked about it on air, and we talked about it off air. Some of the ones that got released, said, why did he do that? What the hell happened? That's a terrible idea. And Triple H sees that as a terrible idea, so he's trying to bring them back to make something shake out. And just unfortunately, it's not, not going well sometimes. No, it's definitely not. And gosh, why am I not having it? I have all my show notes up here. Now I lost the page that I had it. Uh, let's we got show notes? We do. Oh, maybe you should send them to me one of these weeks. Well, they're just a little, it's chicken scratch. 
of things that I had jotted down here on my, I jotted down on my tablet and then I, uh, where is it here? Um, let's see. Where is that God awful image that I cannot find? Anyway, long story short, um, he is, he's starting to have a little bit of frustration and that has been something that's been, uh, circulating around in WWE that he is kind of frustrated as far as the people that he brought back. And, and if it has officially been worth his while, and if, if it has really panned out to work now, most of these people have resigned to three-year contracts. So whether it works out or it doesn't, they're going to have to do something with those contracts for the next 36 months. He'll have to eat some of that. If he decides to end up releasing people again, let me ask you, if he ends up releasing some people that he brought back, will that be looked at as a mistake on his side? No. Uh, me personally, I would see it as growing pain. Because I know, yeah, he ran NXT before, but now him running the whole kit and caboodle, he's going to do stuff that you know, is not going to shake out well. Not that he doesn't know what he's doing. He's just He's got a lot of learning. Now, if he does this, Next year and the year after, now it's like, nah, no, this is a mistake now that you, you screwed that up. But he tried to, to fix a lot of things, and some of it's just not working out for him. So, no, I would take it as more of a as a learning curve, growing pain, something like that. That's what I think it is. I have some very mixed feelings on that. Um. I have mixed feelings on this for the simple fact that maybe there was some method to the madness behind Vince not bringing these guys or cutting these guys, right? So I think, follow me in this in this thought process. People will ridicule Vince McMahon. Oh, he fired these people. He let these people go. He never gave them a shot at getting a chance. But then they're gone, right? And some of them actually reinvent themselves. You know, like your Drew McIntyre, he went down to Impact Wrestling and he really changed the way he did things. So when he came back, he made a big statement. Uh, Matt Cardona obviously has completely changed who he is. And now he may be considering a return back to WWE. Cody Rhodes had gone through a whole bunch of stuff. He reinvented himself, came back to WWE. But people like Hit Row, they didn't really do anything. It wasn't anything that was really that interesting. Scarlet and uh, Karrion Cross didn't really do anything outside of after they left. I don't feel like they were gone long enough to be missed. So there's the old phrase, absence makes the heart grow fonder. I don't think these people were gone long enough for anyone to actually miss them. Now, with that being said, maybe Vince did have some legitimate reasons to get rid of some of these people. Maybe. Well, I'm just you I'm, looked, it brought, or Triple H brought them back. And they're still not over. This is true. And they're, they're still And they're not they're not predominantly focusing their shows around them. And and someone's gonna argue and say, Well, Mike, listen, you don't understand. There's so many people already on the show that they don't have time to to allocate for everyone else. Wait a minute, that's the same argument you have with AEW, so you can't really use that excuse. No. So it, it, it really boils down to do you need to bring these people back or do you feel like there's long-term plans? Because let me ask you this, but if you're the WWE, right? 
and you just purged your whole Bruce Pritchard, Vince McMahon version of NXT, right? And you now have rejuvenated NXT, and now things are really going really well. Shouldn't those be the people that you start to revolve things around so you can bring them up or people in their early to mid 20s to push them instead of people who are already in their late mid 30s, if not even later than that, to push them? Do you see what I'm trying to say? It's almost like what's the point of having the cycle down here to move up here if you're just going to move laterally on your two brand shows? No, I think you're going to see that. I think it's right now it's currently a bit of a, a transition period. I think you're going to see that is what's going to happen. I firmly believe that. I don't think we're there yet. I don't know what's stopping them at the same time. I'm not sure what the deal is there. It was like, like um, Braun Baker. He's a prime example. He should be on the main roster. Right? But same thing, okay, so you take him now. He's a big deal in NXT. Right. If you bring him up to the main roster, he's got to be a big deal. You're not going to bring him in as, as a low-tier guy. No. Right? Do you bring him in as a mid-carder? I would not. You don't then, invest that much then, into a Braun Breaker to make him a mid-card guy. Absolutely. So you're going to bring him in, and you're going to throw him right to the top. Maybe he'll make it. Maybe he won't. We'll never know. Let's give him a chance. But you got to get rid of somebody from the top. Okay. So now so... you're going to have somebody that is you no know, high end, top tier guy. He's going to get bumped to mid mid card status, or going to get cut, or how how do you go about that? Okay. So l- l- let me pose this to you then. Say you bring in Braun Breaker. Do you have him lose to any of these people? Braun Strowman. I hope not. Do you have him lose to Baron Corbin? No. Do you have him lose to the returning Bronson Reed? No. Okay, so let's go ahead and let's continue this. Uh, He's not going to lose to Butch. Uh, Who else is he not going to lose to? My point to all of this is people are probably saying, okay, you're just going to keep going down lists. The point is if you're bringing him up, you're right. There is going to be somebody who is not going to get as much attention. So who is that person going to be? Dexter Loomis is clearly not going to be put over somebody like a Braun Breaker. Dominic Mysterio is not going to be put against somebody like a Braun Breaker. Um, You're not going to put Elias over Braun Breaker. So you start going down this list and you start saying to yourself, well, who can I actually put Braun Breaker over without upsetting the rest of the apple cart? I mean, you're not going to put him over a Finn Balor. You're not going to put him over a Gunther. But who are you? And that's that whole balancing act that you have to determine. So you have a guy rise, you sacrifice others, but the ones you sacrifice aren't the ones that are going to be the future of your company anyway. They're still going to be there. They're still going to be important to the company, but it's not going to be like, well, they're selling the pay-per-views or they're selling out uh, the tickets to something. So, Okay, so who do you do with? Who do I do? How do I, Who do I have him beat? Yeah. He comes in, um, he's going to beat somebody. Who is it? Well, let's see. I think you could I'm have I'm not him. playing devil's advocate. I'm legitimate curious. I think you could have him beat a Jinder Mahal to start out. Oh, Jesus Christ. I would hope so. You could have him beat a Karrion Cross. 
Um, you could have him beat an LA Knight, in my opinion. You could have him beat a Kofi Kingston, in my opinion. But they're not top tier guys. I, I, okay, who? Uh, God, I really don't want to beat Madcap Moss because I like him tremendously. Uh, Matt Riddle's uh, yep. doing whatever in God's name he's doing wherever he's at. Who else do I think that he could beat? Um, Omos. I, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I hate to say this. Otis. Um, it's okay to be wrong. I would. <laughs> I'd put him over a ricochet. But um, these these are all mid tier guys. I'd put him over Sami Zayn. Mid tier guy. You're gonna put him over Kevin Owens. That's a tough. I'd put him over Seth Rollins. Wow. I'd put him. I put him over Sheamus. Um, who else would I put him over? I put him, him over. Sheamus could be a damn good match. It could be. They would beat the hell out of each other. It would be really good. I would put him over the Miz, no doubt. I like the Miz. Yeah, but you got Braun freaking Breaker, who's supposed to be like the next machine. Um, him and I'm. No, I'm, I'm in on him and Sheamus. Now that you say it, no, I think about that. Wow. Yeah, that would be a good match. That would be really freaking good. There's a lot of people that you could put, but you would have to sacrifice people too, and that's just the way the cookie crumbles. I mean, it, let, let's even say that Matt Riddle was back and he wasn't an issue with drugs. I I put Braun Breaker over Matt Riddle. Mm, nope. The only people that I would have iffy about would be, let's say, if Randy Orton was 100 percent healthy. I don't know if I would go over Randy Orton. I don't think I would do that. No. I don't think I would go over Finn Balor. That's just because he's an important member of a faction. But, I mean, I could see you could put Braun Breaker over Edge, definitely. Yeah, Edge is on a retirement tour. His last year, exactly. Why not go ahead and do some jobs on your way out, not to kill your credibility, but I don't really see there's many people. I mean, Damian Priest, you can put him over Damian. I don't think you'd want to do Cody now. I think you'd want to wait on that. Because well, Cody's just coming back. So right. Well, I'm saying if you were to have a program with him, I would wait on that. I think Chad Gable would be a great match. Him and Braun Breaker, I think that would be a great feud. Mark that shit down right now. Yeah, that'd be some good wrestling going on there. That would be. Yeah. And that'd be physical, too. Indeed, um, I'm just not. I'm just not that excited about Bray Wyatt being back. I just think it's not. I mean, I'm not, am I going to put Braun Breaker over him? No, nope. no, you're not. I'm telling you, you're not. There's no uh, way. That's so. Well, let me put it to you this way: that's a hard decision. That's not an easy. Oh no, I'm not. Come definitely on. Not no. Really, Mike? I'm telling you right now. I cannot say definitively that I would go with that. Wow. That, we'll see. That's a surprise. Moving on from the world of WWE, let's talk about former WWE person. You like that? It's my country talk. Um, mm. Do you have people who speak country, like like they Southern country. country? I'm in the North. Is that country or? Define country. 
like I don't like, know. Do we sleep with family members? Hills and water mills and we oh, have a phrase oh. in the United States down in the holler. You ever heard that? Yeah, I listen to country music all the time. Down in the holler on a Friday night. A pyramid of cans in the pale moonlight. Talking yep. about cars and dream about women. women. You know who that is? That's Alan Jackson, my yes, friend. I, I might know. You um, ever seen him live? I have not, but I he's so freaking good. He I'd love good. to see him live. I've seen him twice. He's good. Oh my gosh. Dude yeah. has got it. Yeah, no, I, around here would be the Ottawa Valley. Ottawa Valley. Yeah, they're they're kind of countryish. Nice. And I mean that in a good way. No, we're not saying anything in disparage. Right, so that I mean, no. Then you get Alberta. They're those we refer to it as Canada's Texas. Okay. Right. So then Saskatchewan. You know, Manitoba to a lesser extent, but yeah. Nice. Um, let's talk about a former WWE star and let's talk about a one and only Miss Sasha Banks because Sasha Banks looks like, uh, she's involved in a lot of things right now. So before I get into this, what's your thoughts on Sasha Banks as far as all the rumor and all the speculation of what's going to be happening with her? We do clearly know that she's no longer going to be a part of WWE. We know that for a fact, that she has officially moved on from that company after she has been maybe not the word disgraced or offended is the right way to go about it, but maybe offended, maybe slightly offended or perturbed uh, that she was not offered money that was on the level of either Charlotte or Becky Lynch, which I think she clearly would deserve that kind of money competitive pay for those two women. Hell yeah, absolutely. She's going to be working in New Japan specifically after the first of the year. She's going to be doing Wrestle Kingdom, which is a good chance I'm going to be watching Wrestle Kingdom, which means it's going to be really hard to get to work the next day. But um, my, I might just drink like four Red Bulls and just stay up and then watch. Have a, heart have a heart attack and then go straight to school and teach class and then come home and pass out. But what's your thoughts on Sasha Banks right now? As I try to find out a way, how do I plug this computer back in? Uh no, good for her. I mean, apparently, she's getting thrown some huge money. I believe you said it was a hundred k for appearance. There or is something like that. I mean, that's there's rumor that it's six figures per appearance. Yeah, that's that's banana lands. Good for her though. <laughs> if somebody's offering it, take it. Uh, we'll see. I don't see the return in that kind of money for Sasha Banks personally. She's good, but. Six figures per appearance. I want better than good. Jericho didn't make that. She's not Jericho. She's not on the same level as Jericho. So, but no, we'll see. She's got, apparently she wants to do movies and be a model and all that good stuff. She can make a bunch of money for herself. Fill your boots. I don't think she's going to set the world on fire. Honestly, like, Wrestle Kingdom, it's going to be her and, um, yeah, who's it going to be, Mike? Name is slipping the, my the mind. Af the aforementioned Kari Zane. There we go, her. They'll have a good match, but it's not. Well, she's not 
She's trying to get, she's going to be making an appearance. So we don't know if it's necessarily going to be in a match or not. She's going to be there. There's the belief that she's there to set something up. The shimmer. Correct. Correct. But she will be at Wrestle Kingdom as well. Okay. If she's not going to have a match, so you're going to pay her six figures. Yeah. Just show up and do a run in. Well, you probably paid um, CM Punk a shit ton of money to hint that he'll be at the United Center. And he made an appearance and he got a ton of money. He's more relevant. People will spend more money to see him. More than I don't know, pipes. dude. With, with women's wrestling really have turning having turned the page, I think she could be that free agent that actually transitions into a, a really big thing. And the more you think about it, she is the niece of Snoop. Snoop, and where is this big AEW match that's supposed to be happening on the January 11th edition of Dynamite? Los Angeles. The City of Angels, baby. They're going to be there, and I'm just saying, Snoop, LA, Hollywood, the boss, I'm just telling you, it just makes sense. There's a match where there's supposed to be a mystery opponent everyone's waiting on. Now, it could be anybody. It could be Statlander coming back. could be anybody. Statlander says she's not going to be ready. Silly tobacco? What? Have you been smoking that silly tobacco? Here's what I'm going to come up with that. Dude, we're not even at the segment where you. That's the best you ever sounded. You're a hot mess. All right, am I back now? No, you are. Yep. Oh, good. You got me all kerfluffled over here. Now, listen. Listen here. Okay. okay. Canadian bacon. Listen. Ham. At the end of the day, she's a big deal. She is a very, very big deal. And I think she could make a great, great impression and really, really help AEW women's division and some people would say well i feel like that would be overshadowing Britt baker and if Britt baker is supposed to be your big star then why did you put soraya over her in the first match you should have built that up a little bit right have maybe Britt win in a shysty kind of way and then continued the story about all that but then when you beat Britt baker right off the bat where's the story because you've obviously you've killed it there's no reason why uh soraya needs to prove anything to Britt baker I would agree to that, but then in the same way, I would say, how do you have a big return for Soraya and not have her win? It should have been in a tag team match when she first made her comeback and won against Britt and whoever her opponent was. Like, say it was Jamie Hayter or Rebel, right? Mm-hmm. And then continue their storyline going. Now that they already beat Britt Baker, where do you go from there? The only thing you can do is you bring in some fresh meat, which I'm not saying they don't already have good meat in their division. They, I don't know why I'm saying meat, but they have good talent in theirs. But once again, can it hurt to stack the deck a little bit more and, and bring somebody in who's very seasoned? It can't hurt whatsoever. Okay. I, and I'm not smoking the wacky <laughs> backy because I got another story 
oh, that you God. think I'm a big conspiracy theorist. You're nuts is what you are. Uh, no, I'm buying into this more and more every day. I'm buying into it more and more. And if I'm right, I'll, I, that's the part that I love the best. If I'm right about that, and I kept saying, uh, I'm, I was never definitive that it was not a work. People are saying Montreal Screwjob was a work. They're dumb. That's what they're saying. Also, people saying there's aliens at Area 51. Oh, no, don't go there. Don't talk. They're about wrong, it. too. Yes, they're at S7. And S8 and S9. I don't know what the hell that is. There's you no believe there's, you honestly believe that we have never been visited at all? No. You don't think there's anything that's no. going on right now up in the skies? No. Gosh, we need to have another show. We need to do another show that's outside of wrestling. I got so many things to talk about. You can do so, it, buddy. So you're saying... You're saying that there's no chance that you don't think Sasha's coming in to AEW for a short. I could see a short term. I don't think it'll be a long term. I'm just thing. saying coming in at all. You told coming me I in, was. Well, I do think you're backy over here, huh? I I could see her coming in for a short little. Don't do it. I could see her coming in for a short jaunt, but it won't be a long term story. Uh, she's not going to come in for a year or, or nothing like that. I'm saying coming in at all. That's what I just said, Michael. You do think she's coming in? I could see it. I could that. see it. What do you put the percentages at? Look at you. Look at you. You really want to. You... 45%. 45? 45%. I'll make you a deal. Oh, this is going to be sugar and sweet. Okay. This is the deal. Make the deal. If she comes in, you get a t-shirt. Okay. Now it's got to be within the next... 90 days. Okay, I'll go 90 days. What were you going to say? Six months? No. I was going to say eight weeks. Yeah, yeah, okay. No, we'll do 90 days. 12 no weeks. Problem. 12 weeks. I get no. a shirt of my choosing. Pro Wrestling Tees. Don't be sending me a, an ad for a $500 dress shirt. No, Pro Wrestling Tees. <laughs> now, when she doesn't show up, uh-huh. I get a t-shirt of my choice on Pro Wrestling Tees. That's fair. Fair deal? It's a deal. Done. Oh, hold up. We're not shaking. Ah, scissor me ass. Yeah. I love it. That's Just fair. I'll, I'll play that game. We got a T for T oh, deal going oh, on right now. Bit of a degenerate gambler, so I'll do it. So with Sasha, so whether or not she comes in or she doesn't come in, whatever, do you feel that she, you don't think she's necessarily a box office draw? Is that correct? Not a huge, like she will draw, Yes. But it's not going to be like when Punk came back or something like that. No. She will, there'll be a couple extra eyeballs in it, but it's not going to be massive. No, I don't think so. Okay. So let's go ahead and let's take a look at this. So, a lot of you who may or may not be familiar, Shimmer is the sister company of a New Japan Pro Wrestling. And, and they have a pretty big roster. I think that they 
I'd like to watch more about them. I've never seen it. Would you watch an all women's promotion? Pardon me? Would you watch an all women's promotion? Well, of course. I'd turn it on. You'd turn it on or get turned on? Yes. All right. <laughs> um, there is a price point here. Let's see. We're pl- uh, pleased to announce the addition of StreamShimmer.com with available options for fans who would like to watch it. The price of $9.99 per month. Full Shimmer events from years past and current. Man, I tell you what, if they had a pretty good deal, I would, I'd watch that stuff. It's not the old school women's deathmatch stuff, is it? No, it's not. But take a look at some of the people who've been there over the years. These are people who have been there. Beth Phoenix has been there. Becky Lynch has been there. Natty Neidhart has been there. Awesome Kong has been there. Paige has been there. Also known as Soraya. Bailey has been there. Asuka. Billy Kay. Obviously, she was from the Iconics. Mm-hmm. Ember Moon, Athena, AEW. Uh, Ruby Riot, also known as Heidi Lovelace. Candice LeRae, Nikki Cross, Dakota Kai, Rosemary, um, Sarah Logan, and so many more. There's oh. a ton of women who've been there in the past. Now, these elite women wrestlers, independent wrestling, all of the years have been featured in events on Shimmer's calendar. Also including women such as Sarah Del Rey, uh, Mercedes Martinez, Mia Yim, Serena Deeb, Nikki Rocks. Uh, let's see who else that I'm noticing here. Uh, Saraya Knight as well. She was under that name as well. Shazza McKenzie, who I've interviewed. Kaylee Ray, Kimberly, Jessica Havoc. There's a lot, a lot of talent. I agree. So. I think that would be super fun to watch. And I think that would be super, super cool to see as well. They also have DVDs that are available. You can buy them as well. Um, Shayna Baszler's on the cover of one. So it's kind of like, man, that'd be really, really cool. It, they tell you everyone who is on the DVD and what the matches are. So before you buy a DVD, you can go ahead and find out well, what the matches are. It's pretty freaking cool. Pretty cool. So... Let's go to something else moving on here from this. What do you think about who, in your opinion, wins Wrestler of the Year in pro pro wrestling? Singles Wrestler of the Year. Cannot say who it is. Singles. So as as you're thinking, do you need time to think on this one? Um, it's going to be, MJF. MJF, that's not a bad pick. That's actually a really, really good pick. Um, I'm going to pull up the thing here. Let's see here. And what, let me ask you this question. Why do you say MJF? He's just over. He's huge over. He's getting lots of hype. He's Great in the ring. Absolute prick on the microphone. He's excellent. All right. So I'm going to give you the people who were voted on, and this is on. Uh, I have to find out who actually ran this. Uh, the 10 best wrestlers of 2022. Okay. Coming in at number 10. 
and you can tell me whether or not you think they should be on the list. Sami Zayn came in on number 10. I'm okay with that. Rhea Ripley came in at number nine. Mm-hmm. Let's see. Number eight's Becky Lynch. Number seven is Sheamus. Number six is Dax Harwood from AEW. Number five is Cody Rhodes from mm-hmm. WWE. You all right? He missed most of the year. No, he's not on there. Okay. That's what they're saying. He comes in at number five. No. Number four is Roman Reigns. Number mm-hmm. three is Maxwell Jacob Friedman. Number two is John Moxley. If you number Kendall, one, maybe I'm done. Number one is Seth Rollins. Wow. So, so there's a couple couple surprises there. I mean, Seth is damn good. I'm not saying he's not. But number one, who I mean you're not okay. That's so, that's that's pretty uh that's pretty I wouldn't have had Seamus in there. Honestly, I don't know if I would have had Becky Lynch in there. I would agree. Uh Rhea's I'm I'm fine with Rhea Ripley being in there. Sami Zayn at ten. Might be a bit of a stretch, but I like Sami Zayn, so I'll I'll go with that one. So I mean, you had John Moxley and you had Dax Harwood. Mm-hmm. Once again, two guys, or and you had Max. So you had three. I'm sorry, you had Max. There was no love whatsoever for the Millennial Cowboy, which, in my opinion, is a fantastic wrestler. Yep, I agree. Um, let's talk about women. No love at all for Britt Baker. Mm-hmm. No love for Jamie Hayter. Okay. Um, just kind of taken off guard by some of that. But no, no. When they come up with the one through ten, what's it based on? I I don't know is what it their wins. Is it charisma? Is it title matches? Is it I like merch. I don't know. Like, what did he? Uh, what's a qualification? Okay. Here we go. Throughout the course of the year, there are a lot of controversies and lies about who and who should not be in the top 10 of wrestlers for the year. Now, these wrestlers, based upon our list, are the ones who've nailed their performances, exceeded expectations, and culminated year long storylines that have had a payoff uh, heading into 2023. So that's that's their criteria. I don't have cash in there or Dax in there without cash. Uh, I just think Dax is is a better. I I think Dax is just also looked at as the more of the leader of the of the team. Yeah, but it's kind of hard to have a tag team member there, not the other. Right, but I mean, I think Dax did a lot. He did some single stuff as well, which but okay, this is the. To get qualified in something like that? Come on. Well, this is what culture. Now, what culture gives their takes on the top 10 wrestlers? So I'm trying to see who they thought. L- let me ask you this. So you think your wrestler of the year is who? Uh, MJF. MJF. For me. No, I could see it being Roman. Uh, not. 
I wouldn't pick it, that's for sure, but I could see that. Um, yeah, Paige, not, Paige hasn't been doing a lot this year. He hasn't been getting pushed a hell of a lot, so that's probably got a lot to do with it. Am I wrong? I don't know. But uh, I mean, I think yeah. he's... He missed a bit of time, a fair bit of time. He's missed some time, obviously, with being knocked out. So in October, he got concussed in Cincinnati yeah. when he was in a championship match against John Moxley. Um, he so missed he time earlier in the year, too. Did he not? What it is. It is. So, so that's obviously not a good thing. Um, no one had any love for CM Punk either. What culture put him at number five? MJF was put at number four. This is uh, what culture? I'm sure you've heard of them. No. You have not heard of what culture? No. Okay. Um, so who would you put? So when you talk about best wrestler of... The year you're talking about men and women. Mm -hmm. Okay. Tag team of the year. Who do you put into that? Who Who is the tag team in your opinion of the year? The Briscoes. That's a very, that's a very interesting choice. I'm fairly new to the Briscoes, but little bit that I've watched them. Oh, buddy. I'll watch them every week. They're good. They're uh, it'd very be good. Them or, it'd be them or FTR. I mean, FTR have like 28 different titles. This is true. FTR is a really, really good tag team. Um, I think if you're looking at them, you're lo if you're looking at tag teams and you're, you're trying to determine who am I going to pick for my end of the year, best tag team. So obviously you're going to have to put the Usos mm -hmm. just because they're champions. You would have to put um you could put the Briscoes in there. You could put Dax and Cash in there. What do you think about and, and think about this one for a second? What do you think about the acclaim? All joking aside. No, you know yourself, they're growing on me. I, I couldn't stand them, man. That's a well known fact. They drove me nuts. They are definitely grown on me. I, I think they're great. There's no doubt about that. They are great. They're not there yet. They're not okay. at the top of the list yet. They're okay. well on their way. We could have this discussion next year, and it's hand, uh, hands down, declaimed, done. Don't even want to talk about it. There's no negotiation. There's no haggling. It's them. And I could see it. They're just not quite at that place for me yet. They're easy top 10. Okay. You, you probably even argue top five. That's fair. I'll, I'll take they're, it. They're not number one for me. Not yet. Um, so you're saying your wrestler of the year is MJF. Yep. You're saying your tag team of the year is the Briscoes. Yep. Who would you say would be your breakout star of the year? Who do you think was somebody who might not have been like majorly popular or super over, but in your opinion, they got themselves over or it just, it was good booking or however, but they really kind of came into themselves. I think there's a lot of con contestants for this one. 
Wardlow's first one that comes in mind. Wardlow, ah, uh, yeah, that's but a he, hard he, one. To... He was over already, but he's over now. But that's the first one that popped in my head was him. Uh you gotta throw Hook in there too. Hook, I was thinking about Hook too. Right, but he had a bit of a lull there, and now he's he getting did. getting going again. He did. Yeah, for me, it'd be Wardlow. It was first, that's the first guy that popped into my head. What would you say about um, Takeshita in AEW? He is uh, the the very, very, right now, popular Japanese wrestler. Had a great match with Kenny Omega. Um, had a great match with John Moxley. No. He's officially signed. Okay. Um, let me see. Who else do I think? You know... I'm trying to think who else do I think was a was a really good um up and comer this year. I'm thinking here. What about what about Ricky Starks? Yeah, that's yeah. That'd be Ricky fair. Starks really had his coming out in 2022. Uh, yeah, I could get on board with that. What about Jamie Hayter? She was very organic yep. in her she, in, in in her rise. I mean, mm-hmm. she she did really well as well. Yeah, no, that's that's not bad either. Yeah. It's hard to say, you know, definitively if you can pick one person for any of these categories because it's so subjective, right? Well, you're you're that's, you're never gonna get it, and it's like with anything when you're when you're what's your favorite or what do you think was the best, whatever the hell is, cars, candy bar. Right, sports team, whatever. Just you know, it's always going to be. You know, you're going to have favorites, whether it be a regional thing or, you know, if you're talking like an athlete, they played on your team. Or I'm going to be a little more biased. I'm I'm going to pick more AEW than WWE. Not that WWE WWE doesn't have a ton of talent because they do. I just don't watch it very much. Right. The extent of what I get is Tuesday nights when I'm talking to you and reading about it. I, I couldn't tell you the last time I watched WWE, honestly. There's just not enough time. Only so many hours in the day. You got your family. You got work. You yeah. got your, your side projects you want to work on, your other company. Yeah, It's just mm. not a lot of time. Um, I want to get your opinion on this one. Do you think, in your opinion, the gun club is an up-and-coming big pillar in the tag division for AEW moving forward being young guys. I absolutely think that they've got what it takes. Uh, they're definitely going to be big. A pillar. Pillar is huge. I don't know. When you're talking to pillars, that's your, well, you, you build around them. Sure. I don't know if they're quite there. I could see it. I don't think they're quite there yet. I mean, your pillars for your AEW tag team is going to be young bucks. I know they're getting a bit up there, but they're still, it revolves around them. Yep. Uh, FTR, the acclaim. Death Triangle as well. I mean, you Death got tri- their trios. But yeah, Death Triangle. Yeah. That that would probably be where it is for me as your pillars right now. But no, nope, two of those teams are not going to be around for long. Do you feel like? In, 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 see, I feel this way. Tell me if you agree. Alex Reynolds and John Silver never really got their just dues. They're forgotten. They are irrelevant. I hate that. I agree. I because like I think they're really good, mm-hmm. and I think 
they they do you know combo moves towards the end of their man, it's just so good. And the another team that I feel like is getting almost hidden in the way is Angelo Parker and uh, Matt Menard. Yep. For the Jericho Appreciation. Formerly known as 2.0, but they're Mm -hmm. good. Mm -hmm. And I feel like they're not being highlighted in tag matches. They're just basically being uh, entourage of Jericho's lackeys. Yeah, and I'm like, why? Okay, I'll throw one out. What about best friends? I got mixed feelings about best friends. Okay, let's hear it. I got mixed feelings because I feel like it's more of a comedy act. And the reason why is because I like Trent Beretta. Love Trent Beretta. I feel like he could be super, super serious with his matches. But I don't see enough of Chuck Taylor to really think that Chuck is like in it to win it type of guy. I hate to say that. I just don't get that like super laser focused. We're going to the top type of team. Does that make sense? Like with the Danhausen stuff and Orange Cassidy, I feel like they are in their own little genre. Which mm-hmm. fun. But like when they were feuding with Santana and Ortiz, when they were in Daly's place, loved the stuff they did. But it just kind of seemed like after, you know, post pandemic, they didn't really get a whole lot of movement. And so I feel like, hate to say it, they've gotten kind of lost in the shuffle. You just brought up two great ones, Santana and Ortiz. What's the deal? Well, right now, uh, Ortiz is... Still, obviously, under contract with WWE or uh, AEW. Uh, but Mike Santana is easy. The contract is either coming up on January, in the early part of January, or it's already expired. But there had been a falling out between the two. And Conan talked about it on his Keeping It 100 podcast with Disco Inferno and said that there was a big falling out between those two guys. And they were like brothers and they were together for years being a tag team. And there was a falling out. And there's not really a whole lot that can be explained about that. But from what I did hear from Conan was the fact that Ortiz was like, hey, look, I know we're not getting pushed, but we got a constant paycheck coming in. And it's the best paycheck we've gotten in years. Mm-hmm. And Tony's taking care of us. And we had a spot, whether it, whether we wrestle on dark or elevation or whatever, we're getting steady money. And Santana obviously said, no, I, I want us to be more focused and pushed. And there's a belief between the two that one was content with where he was in life and money, and one simply wanted more. And they were like, well, hey, look, I'm going to stay here because I'm happy. And it seems like um, Santana was just not as content with what he was being used for. Um, maybe money's not an issue for him. I don't foresee that being making much sense because I, I still think everybody could use more money unless you're a Jericho or a, you know what I mean? The top, top, top guys. So I think that was kind of the content, the, the beef between them. One was okay with things and one wasn't. And so they decided to maybe go their mutual ways. So that's, that's all that I've heard so far. Cause they were fantastic together. Oh, they're a great tag team. And they had that, uh, parking lot brawl or yes, whatever the hell it was. What a match. My God, that was amazing. And, and it was funny because right after that happened, um, Meltzer and Brian Alvarez, uh, well, mainly Meltzer, after it happened, do you know who he gave credit for laying out that entire match? Jerry. 
Jerry, and I talked to Jerry on the phone, and Jerry is so humble. Oh, the guys do it, man. The guys, it's it's, it's these young kids who do it. And yeah. oh. So he, he he's such a good human. It's just, it's not funny, but um, yeah, no, I agree. Those were good matches, great matches. Um, let me ask you this, the, the last one. Who was just, ugh, this was a, this was not a good year for them. Probably CM Punk. Really wasn't a good year. I mean, everything went the hell for him. Kenny, I know you probably don't want to hear it, but Kenny Omega could be one. Yeah, calm down. No, he was hurt. Yeah, no, I agree. It's, it's not that he's not talented. We're not going down that road. But then I got to tell you repeatedly that you're wrong. But he, he was hurt a lot. Right. So he missed a lot. So he kind of got forgotten. And then, of course, had well the going on with CM Punk. So he missed a bit of time there. Um, I got one perfectly that I feel like. Oh, but are you very dead? I'm thinking. Go ahead, please. I'm going to say Darby. Oh, yes. Don't feel like he had a really good 2022. You know what? That's probably, yeah. I'll take back my Darby. I feel oh. like Darby at one point was white hot. Mm-hmm. Um, we're talking tailpipe hot on a 67 Mustang. Yep. And then all of a sudden, things just didn't really end up clicking with him. Sting went down. Uh, with an injury, he obviously had to get his knee worked on. He's been out, and I've said this before. I don't know if you and I remember talking about this, but there needed to be a Sting versus Darby feud. Like they need to have the separation. Like you need to. Yeah. What's that phrase? Uh, you need to let go of your mom's apron strings or whatever. The, what's that phrase? That needs to happen. He needs to be his own guy, and I don't feel like he's ever really going to quote unquote break out unless. He gets disassociated, or maybe Sting moves on to doing something else. Because, in my opinion, that's too much together for too long. Would you agree, or do you think no? I think it's a good pairing. Oh no, it's got to be done. It's got to be done away with. I don't understand why they've had it go this long. Yeah, you want to bring in Sting for because he's getting up there in years. He's still he's still putting off good matches. I think he's 67. Yeah, so I mean, that's, you know, you're up there 67 years old. right? And, and Sting's another one you would doubt that he's doing for the money still. Correct. Right? I mean, he's made money. He's done very well for himself at this point. Surely God. So why do you just keep that continuing? I don't know. It, it does kind of hold Derby back. Right. You're only going to get so far with having him and Sting, you know, doing tag team matches or whatever. No, you're not going to have him be Darby's talker because Sting's not the greatest talker either, really. No, he's not. He's, he's good, but he's not. He's not Ric Flair. He's not a, a fantastic talker, right? He's good. I'd love to Darby, make a Darby don't, joke right now, but I won't. Hey, it's enough. He's not Ric Flair. No, Ric Flair knows who he is. <laughs> what? What? Flair yeah. and Biden should be sharing a room. 
Oh. Who are you? I don't know. Who are you? Oh. <laughs> you know, okay, hold, on. hold on a second. So, you know how Flair would always go, Hogan! He would always lose his mind. I can see Biden going, Trump! Trump! Oh, God. God. There's, they're, just, they're both jacked at their head. Yeah, All right, much. please continue. I'm sorry, okay. I cut you no, off. But no, I, the Derby. I don't. I don't see why does he gain from having Sting, really? And I like Sting. I'm not. I do too. But what? What's been the payoff? I don't think there is one. I mean, I, I, I liked it for a bit. It was cool as the, the nostalgia factor. Yes, it had Sting come back to help Derby. Give Derby the rub, right? But then it's got to be okay. We're done. Yes. And I, I apologize. He's 63, not 67. But okay, but still at 63. That was should just be jumping off balconies and players and, ball hair. Yeah, pretty much. Right? No, they I should agree. be jumping I mean, off balconies and, and he's doing and, dimes and everything. I mean, he's doing damn good. Like I, I enjoy watching him. I feel a little bit bad that I look forward to watching him with some just wondering when's you no know, he gonna do something of oh. There goes the knee, he's done, or something like that. You never want to see it, but at that age, you almost expect it. So, but yeah, Derby's a great call. Never even thought about it, Net. Probably just goes to show you how much he's fallen off. I didn't even think about him. Um, I'm going to ask you this question before we wrap up the show. There are some wrestlers out there that are um, still wrestling. If you were to pay for a front row seat, I'm going to name some wrestlers, and I want you to tell me who you'd like to see watch wrestle in a match. You ready? Yep. Let's go. So just think about all these before you make your decision. The Rock and Roll Express. Yep. Jake Roberts. Nope. Ming. Hulk nope. Hogan. Nope. Kevin Sullivan. Yes. Rick Flair. Yep. Hacksaw Jim Duggan. No. Um. Shawn Michaels. Yep. Um. Which one of those guys would you want to see have another wrestling match? Half of them I'd love to watch. Today. Yep. You need to realize you're not going to get them from, no, after the show. So wait a minute. It's it's legal here in Canada. 2022, you're telling me you would pay money. I just want to make sure I'm understanding this correct. Mm -hmm. You would pay to see the Rock and Roll Express, Ming. Mm -hmm. Uh, You would not pay to see Hulk Hogan's last match. I don't like Hulk Hogan. I've never been a Hulk Hogan fan. I wouldn't. I don't care. Ric Flair. Yes. I'm sorry, Mike, but I would. You would pay money to go see elder abuse. Yep. You're insane. Well, maybe a little bit. All right. So, who would you say? Who would you like to go see their last match? Would you? Would you? If is Sean Kevin Sullivan. What about him? That's who I want to go see his last match. On that, that list, be- on that list, I'll go see Kevin Sullivan. 
Okay. Either him or the Rock and Roll Express. Okay. That's fair. That's fair. Interesting. Who do you think should retire in 2023? Who do you think should say that's it? We're done. Ric Flair. <laughs> well, he, like, he is. Be done. Is he really? He um, allegedly he's done. I mean, that's to the best of my knowledge. Yeah. So he needs to stay done. I agree. Um, well, Jake is done. He's retired. He's not going to be coming back. He'll never wrestle again. Have um, you seen? We're going to have to talk about this on, on an episode. We'll have to break down the uh, the new Ric Flair documentary on Peacock. Have you seen that yet? No. I didn't know you, there was one. You have Peacock, right? No. Okay. I have WWE Network. Is that what it's on or no? No, it's on Peacock. I'm sure I can find it somewhere. Yeah. I'll figure it out. We'll have to watch it, and then we'll have a whole episode on the Ric Flair documentary. Yeah. I, I, I personally am sick and tired of people talking about Ric Flair. I'm sick and tired of people doing documentaries on Ric Flair. I don't give a shit about Ric Flair in his crocodile shoes and all of this stuff. Like, I'm just done. You know what I mean? Like, one documentary, the ESPN one, but they did, like, two or three in WWE. Now they're doing this one for Peacock. It's like, how many times do I need to hear Ric Flair's stories about, you know, the the propeller dick and how much you can drink and, like, <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like it's no, the same uh, shtick. It's the no, same yeah. stories rehashed. Yeah, no, you're not wrong. Uh, yeah, but seeing somebody retire, Sting, I like to see Sting call it a day. Do you think AEW should have their own uh, Hall of Fame? No. I've been think... around long enough. TNA has one. TNA's been around a long time. But you don't think they should have some type of ceremony to commemorate wrestlers? If Tony Khan would like to have some type of ceremony for wrestlers for what they've given to the industry. Because he's brought in a lot of people and he is very uh, respectful of the heritage of, of wrestling as well. Yeah, no. After five years, maybe. Okay. Put Virgil in. S.D. Jones. S.D. Jones, not Virgil. Stop it. I know you're just playing with my dick on that one. You're not going to put Virgil. I wish I was playing with your dick. I do. I am not going to deny that. I tell you what. Oh, the last thing. Listen up, folks. The CM Punk thing is a work. The whole thing is a work. I'm telling you. I'm telling you right now it's a work. Let, let's put something on the line for this. Shall we? Shall we? Hey, I will. Let's do another T-shirt. Okay. So if I win one and you win the other, then we're canceled, right? Yep. All right. T-shirt. Oh. CM, okay. Punk, CM Punk's going to come back. They're going to use this whole Young Buck situation. Maybe when Hangman comes back, they'll, they'll, this thing will explode. How long? That I don't know. Well, well, yeah, in 20 years' time, CM Punk made a camo appearance at AEW. See, I told you it was a work. Mail me no, my shirt. It would have to be associated with the story. In 20 years, the company might not even be around in 20 well, years. It probably won't. Neither will we. So, this is true. Um, will we still be doing this in 20 years? I doubt it. I don't know, man. It'd be sweet. Why not? We could outlast the fat man. 
think we'll ever make the money the Fat Man did? No, we won't. <laughs> think we'll ever make money at all? We can't. We won't be Santa, <laughs> but we sure can be an elf. So <laughs> much fair enough. Oh, man. It has been fun, you guys. We love talking wrestling. We love you guys joining us. Remember, you can catch all of our episodes on the MLW Radio Network, which is over at MLWRadio.com. You can also find us on Stitcher, FM Player, Spotify, Apple iTunes, FM Radio, and all points in between. Remember, go ahead and download the show as well. And if you know a wrestling fan, let them know, hey, I got this show I listen to, either when I'm in the car or when I'm traveling or I'm in the gym or when I'm in the shower, I sometimes like to listen to it, whatever it may be. We appreciate you listening to us. Once again, we're having a great month of downloads. We had a great day of downloads on Christmas Day, interestingly enough. I'll share that information with the butt after we go off the air. It was a huge day. Huge, which is not a phrase that's used about me in the bedroom. But let's go ahead and let's talk about our social medias. If people would like to continue this conversation on social media, where can they find you? Yeah, Twitter at gotnewf2291 g-o-t-n-e-w-f 2291 perfect also as we all know he is the woodworking aficionado in Canada where can people find you on social media for woodworking projects if they would like to commission something or they would like to buy toys or cutting boards or whatever it may be whatever how do they get a hold of you uh, Facebook, CB79, Wooden Toy Maker. Uh, give me a follow, a like, send me a message. We'll see what we can do for you. CB, Wooden Toy Maker, 79. No. no? CB79, Wooden Toy Maker. CB79, Wooden Toy Maker. That's me. CB79, Wooden Toy Maker. I'm sorry. It's this. It's, can you hear my nasally? Can you tell? Yeah. yeah. A little Sudafed there. I'm a little congested. I took some Mucinex, and I didn't realize this, but Mucinex, you're supposed to take... They look like horse pills, if you ever see them. They're green. Okay. And you're supposed to take one every 12 hours. I took two at one time, and I took it with a glass of milk. And they say when you have, like, congestion, stay away from dairy. And, uh, and you're only supposed to take one every 12 hours. Well, I took two. Boy, did that affect me. So kids, remember... Follow the labels on prescription medication or over-the-counter stuff. Don't do what I did. That's a good point. Don't listen to me. That's when it comes to other things. Point. Listen to us when it comes to being entertained, right? Don't listen to us. We're good people. Don't come to us for life choices. They'll be bad. We're not advice people. We're not Dear Abby. I think Dr. Phil has a podcast. Go check that one out if you if you need advice. You Not need from advice us two idiots. Talk to a professional. <laughs> yes. Check with your check with your insurance provider and make sure that there's a uh, a doctor in your area, not us. Much better idea. <sighs> well, with that being said, for my executive producer, the Rit, for the butt, I am Mike Freeland. It has been so much fun. Once again, happy holidays. Hope everything is treating you well. And we will catch you the next time on the Front Row Material Brand. Have a good night. My name is Mike Freeland, and if you're looking for an exciting wrestling podcast to add to your library, then look no further than the Front Row Material Brand. Each and every week I sit down with some of the most exciting superstars in the world of wrestling, from upcoming stars in the indies to dedicated veterans of the squared circle. I also host a daily podcast called Headlines, which gives you the updated information on all your favorite superstars in all your favorite promotions, giving you not only the backstage look, but also what are the industry experts saying about things. And finally, join myself and 
and my executive producer, The Rit, where we talk about everything in the world of professional wrestling all across the landscape, from storylines to interviews to what's happening and what we think is going to be happening the next time you turn on your TV. Don't miss it. It's the Front Row Material brand brought to you by the MLW Radio Network.